What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of Playing the Field. I'm your host, Kurt Field, and I am pumped to bring you today's episode with one of my best friends in the world, uh, Ben Briskin. Everybody calls him Bruno. We, def- we have nicknames for each other, so I'm sure you're going to hear us call each other by our nicknames on the show. Um, but as I mentioned in the first episode, I got a chance to work in athletics for UConn starting my freshman year, and that's where I got the chance to meet Bruno. And it uh, sparked this awesome friendship that started at work and became an actual friendship friendship after that. And we've always kind of joked about starting a podcast. And, you know, like I said, Bruno is going to be a recurring guest who's going to be on the show quite a bit, especially in um, – when the NFL season kicks up, hopefully, if we actually have a season. But I, I, we talk a lot about in this episode um, what the sports management major is like at UConn for Bruno and what it was like for me online. We dig into some stuff regarding what it was like to work in athletics at UConn. And finally, we wrap stuff up with a little bit of talk about the Patriots and um, – Yes, we talk about Tom Brady, which is which is big for me in a moment like this. So um, I hope you guys really enjoy it. It's a little bit on the longer side, but I I don't I don't really care. I, it was a fantastic conversation, and I really really hope you guys enjoy it. So without any further ado, let's get into it with Bruno. All right, guys. So now I'm joined by the one and only Bruno. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, my man. Thanks for having me, my good friend, Kurtai. <laughs> You're welcome. So I told people in the opening that we got a chance to know each other very well through working at UConn together. And I want to dive into that. But first, I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners and basically start with where you're from, why you chose UConn, and a little bit about your UConn journey because it is a long journey. Definitely a long one. Um, and again, appreciate you having me here today, my good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, just first, for the record, you called me Bruno. That's completely fair. However, my real name is actually Ben. That fun fact for many listeners out it there. It is. It is Ben. Um, I can give a quick, short story on it, and I'm sure we'll get into it later. But basically, started working at Gamble at UConn my freshman year, and there were some seniors who never bothered to learn my name. Absolutely classic. Took a look at me one day, and they were like, hey, kid, you kind of look like Bruno Mars. And I was like, not at all. Not even in the slightest. <laughs> It stuck. They kept calling me it. I was just like, whatever, rolling with the punches. People never asked me if that was actually my name. I went along with it. And here we are, you know, what, seven, eight years later, and yeah. I'm still called Bruno. So just kind of rolling That's with like it, all know? I've known you as is Bruno. <laughs> yeah. Bruno. And what's funny is for Gamble people, it's Bruno. And then for real life people, it's Ben. And when they mix, it's like, who? Who's what? Bruno? Who, who you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, my God. Anyways, so yeah. So again, that's a little backstory on my name. I think you also asked just kind of a brief background and some you know where i'm from all of that yeah. stuff um i'm actually from natick massachusetts shout out natick shout people out always natick. say many people are saying shout out natick um went to natick high basically not too crazy of a college story in terms of decision um i knew i didn't want to go to a state school so like i had a lot of friends who went to umass amherst that was like the big thing where mm-hmm. all of our high school people went yep um for me personally i was like i want to go a little farther away and uconn is only an hour drive from natick so it's not like terribly yeah, far, not far. But yep. it's still out of state so you can still say it's out of state so when i was younger and i guess like middle school high school i really only knew uconn probably because of like kemba to be honest like who doesn't know kemba shout honestly. out kemba, and also yeah. you know shout out the celtics but anyways <laughs> Um, I remember seeing that title run and being like, you know, big sports fan, love basketball. That was obviously a legendary. That was kind of my only thing I knew about UConn, mm-hmm. probably not alone in associating basketball with UConn. So when I was right. 
looking at colleges. I only applied to five schools. UConn was one of them basically for that reason. Came on a tour and I was just like, it's super open. They love basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport. And I was like, let's do it. It wasn't too complicated. It's funny. Our stories are different in that sense that I think I applied to like 13 schools. And I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like when I decided not to play, I was like, ah, like I just was throwing anything at the wall. And I was like, "Mm." I always was a kid in high school. I was like, I'm not going to UConn. Like, (laughs) like kind of like you were for UMass. I was like, I'm not doing it. And then I did it. But I... I loved it. I loved it. So you're at UConn, and what did you major in? So funny that you say that. You were also saying you came to you weren't sure if you were going to come to UConn, and then you did. I came into UConn being 100% sure I was going to be a political science major. That's what I was my first, no semest- way. first semester freshman. Poli I know. You wow. never would have thought. Uh-uh. I mean, obviously, you and I know each other very well. But yeah. looking back at it now, I always laugh thinking about how I was like 100% sure that was for me. And then I took like three or four poli sci classes freshman year and i was like no it took like three weeks for me to be you were like, like yeah this isn't no. it simply so, not it wow. <laughs> being completely honest looked at the major list typed in search sport found sport <laughs> management and that's how that started not even kidding i so i went into yukon as a comm major but i don't know maybe i was just really stupid which was probably the case but in high school when you look up like what major you're applying to I didn't like see sports management as a major listed at UConn. And I don't know if it was like under like the business school or whatever, but I didn't want to do business. So I was like, I guess I'll do communications and it worked out. But like, I truly didn't see it. And then then everyone's like, oh, I'm a sports management major. And I was like, what the heck? Like how? Yeah. Well, honestly, it's in the school of education at UConn. Mm. Maybe that's why. Mm. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) See, you know, 18 year old Kurt was just a moron. (laughs) Well, aren't we all morons at 18? I think I haven't grown out of that stage yet. Um, no, but honestly, yeah, I searched the major list, found sport management. That was winter break of 2013, I guess, because mm-hmm. that was my freshman year. Fall, yeah, fall 2013. Um, so over break, I just like emailed my advisor and I was like, hey, can I switch? And it wasn't a big deal, obviously, because I hadn't got that far into it. Um, and so I became a sport management major that, or pre-sport management major then because you have to apply in your junior year. That was also segueing right into Gamble. I know we're going to get, you know, we'll cover yep. everything. Yep. But basically, if we're sticking on the timeline here, I knew I wanted to work in the world of sport. So I got really lucky with the timing over winter break. Our good friend, I'm sure he'll be on at some point, Anthony Rosati. Shout out yep. the boss, man. The boss. The Anyways, boss. <laughs> he posted the job at Gamble over winter break because that he got hired in the fall and he was looking to hire some people for the spring he was looking for pre or regular sport management majors Mm -hmm. i was one of those i applied i think the only other person at that time was uh shout out the captain chris harmeling he and i applied at the same time and so i think we both started working basically the start of spring 2014 and i'm really lucky that i did that at that time because i was able to use that on my application for, mm-hmm. to get into the program, I was like, "Hey, worked at Gamble the basketball yep. arena." So no, it's big. And I, so again, we both kind of stumbled into it. Like I, like same thing for me when I was a freshman, fall of 2018. So I'm, whoa, whoa, 2014. Nobody um, that. Yeah, um, I kind of like I said, stumbled upon it on the website just when I was looking, and uh, it ended up being great. So yeah, Bruno is a year older than me. Um, so he came in as a freshman in 2013. I came in as a freshman in 2014. So let's keep talking about sports management for a second. So you get into the program starting in the My spring. No, oh, okay. So did you have like, what, what did the, like the pre sports management stuff? Did you have like, were those more like gen ed courses and stuff? Just take me through that. 
Yeah, it honestly pretty standard, um, mostly gen eds. I remember we had to take things like math for business, calc for business, um, some science requirements, basically all of the all of UConn's like general education requirements of like content area one through five or whatever. The oh, different, yeah, all that all of stuff. those. Yeah. Um, so on going to be completely honest, not a ton that was super relevant to sport management. I mean, maybe it's relevant at other schools, but for our school, I mean, maybe the math classes helped a little bit. You know, I'm not a math guy, so not a probably math. not. But um, <laughs> honestly, yeah, it was mostly getting basically they wanted you to get all the requirements out of the way because some people, you know, might save those to junior or senior year, but they were like junior and senior year. That's the program. So get that all the way first. Yeah. And then starting junior year, you can start with sport. Management. That makes sense. It was kind of the same for me in communications. And it was all like the classes I like the gen ed stuff I did not like at the beginning. And then it kind of came into more communication stuff that I liked. And then I kind of was like, OK, this is communications is such a broad major it's i'm not saying it's easy like that's not what i'm trying to say but it, like it it wasn't enough and i was like okay i'm gonna double major in journalism now and that's kind of when things really ratcheted up for me it was junior year so kind of similar for you so um take like we're what were the class sizes like were they big small what was uh, sports management is a pretty small-ish major right yeah, so sport management at UConn actually is smaller than most places. I mean, I know I brought up UMass Amherst earlier. They're probably one of the more famous sport manager programs. A lot of like current and former GMs of professional sports teams went to their program at UConn being not only it's in the School of Education and not the School of Business, but also relatively new. It started, I think, early 2000s. Um, when, I, and when I started it in the program my junior year, it was like we were a class of 20. So basically, like every class that we had, it was all of us walking from one class to the wow. next class to the next class. Um, That's like middle school. I know. It, and honestly, I kind of liked it because you got to know like everybody in the yeah. class. Like, and yep. you know, you've taken big lecture classes before. I've taken big lecture classes before. You kind of know how sometimes it's like you show up, you don't really, you just kind of. You're just your, a number. You're yeah, just a number to them. And I, exactly. that, that was the, that was the 100% toughest part of coming to UConn from a little high school like Granby because. You're like big fish, small pond in your high school, and you go to college where you don't know the professors. They don't know you. You're in a lecture hall with 450 other kids. They don't care if you pass. They don't care if you fail. And it's like it's an adjustment. It's like, okay, like this is it. This is the real world. But, no, that is cool. I, I What I like so much about my master's program online right now is that I'm taking the same thing. A lot of classes with the same exact people, and then even though it's online, We've established some sort of relationship, so like you know who you're in class with, and it is nice. Right. It is nice to do that. Um, for you in the sports management major at UConn, is it prime? Was it primarily tests, quizzes? I feel like you guys were always doing projects, and maybe that's just me not being observant. But what was that like? Yeah, so it, I'm sure we'll get into it as we go. It obviously differs at what level you're at for the sport manager program, yep. but like if we're just sticking time wise, at least for undergrad. Um, I do remember undergrad being fairly test oriented because yep. it was like, you know, we're taking things like sport marketing or facility and event operations or, you know, like sport law. And it was like, these are the, like, oh, kind of facts. I hate sport law. Yeah, no, honestly, there's a lot, a lot so of uh, libel, slander, uh, yeah. whatever the terms are, assault <laughs> yeah. battery, you know, whatever. Wow, that was good. <laughs> that was good. Um, so there was a lot of like basic stuff you had to learn, but, you know, and we'll kind of get into it more as you kind of progress further, then it becomes more of like either project based or writing a paper or something because you kind of start to apply it more rather than just like learn the facts. So let's let's get into that. So you graduate from UConn with your undergrad in 2017. That was not the end for you at UConn. <laughs> so you hopped into getting your master's, right? That's what you started doing right away after 
So you get your master's or you start getting your master's the year after. And I was pumped. When I heard the news, I was absolutely <laughs> ecstatic. So I was like, yes, Bruno is still around. <laughs> like, this is not it. We have like, we still have more time. Um, so take me through what the master's program was like in comparison to undergrad. Obviously, I'm assuming a little more challenging in terms of coursework and all that stuff. But um, did you did you enjoy it? Yeah, so I, definitely I can take you all through it. Just to get this out of the way, some people are saying I did the master's program to break the record for Gamble's longest tenured employee. Some people are saying it. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying it's some people are saying it. Some people are saying it. We're going to get that out of the way. So shout out Sam Marshall. I beat your record. Anyways, <laughs> um, so yeah, basically the process was I was nearing graduation. So obviously you have to apply earlier than right. you know, that spring of senior year. Correct. So Throughout the fall, I was thinking, you know, people were like, I had roommates who were like engineers and they were getting jobs with, you know, whatever smart science stuff. I didn't even understand it. I'm like, you know, yep. you do your thing. You know, I had other people who were in the sport manager program being like, I'm going to work for a pro soccer team or move to LA or whatever. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I, I really liked the sport manager program and I liked everything it had to offer. And I just was like, I don't think I'm ready to make a decision yet. Basically, that's what I came to. Yep. So I was like, you know, master's program, it's two years. Um, it's, you know, not that crazy of a commitment. A lot of people do it. I even had some friends from undergrad who were doing it. So that made me feel really comfortable. Yeah, it makes it easier. Honestly, never did not apply to anywhere else than UConn. I was like doing UConn and that's yeah. it. I also, to be honest, like I knew the program. I was pretty comfortable on campus. Mm -hmm. It kind of made sense. I was going to stay working at Campbell with yeah. the, the homies. Yeah, you liked um, you liked it. So why not? So why not stay on? That no, exactly. makes sense. So, yeah. So then I, I went straight through. I figured if I took time off from school, I would never want to go back. So we'll, we'll cover that kind of more as we go as well. But uh, yes. yes, we will. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I might as well just stay on the course. Um, so I applied and got in. And then, yeah. So basically, to answer your question, I know it took a long route to get there. To answer your question, the master's program, completely different than mm -hmm. the undergrad program. And yep. I would say in a good way, mm -hmm. because the undergrad program, it's very general in the sense that there's a lot of facts you have to learn, a lot of boxes you have to check, and a lot yeah. of different things that they just like require, I guess, in terms of like, this is the undergrad program, this is what we're doing. When you get to the master's level, it's kind of more individualized because yep. you meet a lot more with your professors and they, at mm -hmm. that point, people are doing the master's program for more specific reasons. Correct. Like, and I can share some of them, obviously. Some of them are athletes at the school who are doing it because you know they're at, still at the school. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I already know, or I have a connection where I'm gonna work at ESPN, or I'm yep. gonna work you know, for a specific team and I need the master's degree. Some people are coaches. Like I'm sure you, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. you've been around the football coaches at UConn. There were yep. some uh, GAs who are in the program as yep. well. Who the grad assistants, yep. yep. Um, but for me, I didn't come in knowing what I wanted to do. And I think that was also fine because while it is individualized to what you specifically want, it's also was very helpful in terms of figuring more things out if you didn't know. And what I mean by that is we took the same type of classes. Like I took sport law, for example, as an undergrad, I also took it at the master's level because oh. the classes are similar. Like a lot of the classes are similar in terms of like the content, but just like the, what you did with each class. Right. Whereas like an undergrad for sport law. I remember like, you know, we may have had one like mock trial thing that wasn't really and then like three right. exams or something mm -hmm. at the master's level. It was like the whole thing was based on this like complex set of like, you're going to get this case. You're going to we're going to bring in someone who's like actually a judge. You're going to like actually argue in front of them. And like you have to work with your team to mm -hmm. come up with whatever. So basically what what I'm trying to say is they got a lot more in depth with everything, which allowed you to kind of take each class more in and then be like, is this what I want to do? Is this not what I want to do? Yep. So I think that we like speaking from me from an online 
point of view, getting my master's. Also, first, shout out you, because I remember you starting your master's program and you talking a lot about how much you liked it. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'm going to do that down the road hmm. sometime. <laughs> and like, I think that was like a driving factor. And I was like, okay, like I, I know people who have taken, I mean, obviously I didn't do it at UConn, but people who have had like started or are getting their masters in sports management who like the program, who rave that it's more like real world hands on stuff. And I was like, Hmm, I like, I want that. Um, and we'll get into this later with me, but, I remember that this is absolutely no shot against UConn and their education because I feel like I got a fantastic education at UConn, but I think I learned more in my first term of grad school than I learned in my four years at UConn. And I think that's just because A, it was sports management stuff and it was stuff that I wanted to actually learn about and was excited to learn about, but it was just so hands-on and so real world that like it, it felt real and it made it that much more interesting to kind of get into the the stuff and whether it was projects or uh, obviously online you you don't meet in stuff and we you're kind of on your own in terms of stuff um you don't have to go online at a certain time or anything like that but professors are available for you and it's a lot of you're doing stuff on your own but it it like forces you to really learn the material and understand the material and i have loved getting my master's we are now two weeks away from me, me being <laughs> almost done. there we are so close um but I, I know what you're saying that it was like it it just felt way more real so um so that was awesome so that was happening in uh 20 the fall of 2017 yep. spring of 2018 was your first year yes correct and that was when i was graduating from uconn with my undergrad so you know bruno and i were like oh okay this is it sad sad but but there's more there's more <laughs> that's when i decided to come back i got you know, lucky enough to get the job at UConn with the um, working in the football facility primarily. And Bruno and I got another year together. And now I was the one who was pumped. <laughs> so it, our so what was that now? This was like our fifth year. Of, yeah. Yep. Shout out fifth years. Shout us. out fifth years. Us of doing, <laughs> of being together. Um, and long story short, again, I covered it. I, I worked at UConn. It was great. Then I realized I have to go back and get my master's. I started going back to get my master's. A great opportunity opened up from a coaching perspective at Granby, which I missed when I was working at UConn. Um, so I came back to Granby to do the coaching thing, work in the school, and then finish my master's. Because so I was like, I really just want to, I want to focus on my master's, finish it, get it done. Um, and I thought, you know, okay, well, you know, Bruno and I had a, had a great run here, but you're still not done. <laughs> you are still not done. Hey, the run's still going. I was there for I was at UConn for five years, and I was like, oh, that's a long time at UConn. And Bruno's like, nope, watch this. <laughs> Double digits. Double digits. So he had his four years undergrad. Then he graduated from the master's program. What Two year? Years. 2019. Yeah. 2019. He he graduated from the master's program, and then. This this crazy, <laughs> crazy mofo decides he's going to get his PhD at UConn. Guilty. So take us through that. All right. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, if, in case you're I still noticing, think you're crazy. Yeah, I still well, think you're crazy. You. You know, yep. I'm not denying it. I'm not yep. denying it. Yep. Um, in case you haven't noticed the theme already, I guess I'm just going to be at UConn forever. Some people are saying I may never leave. I, I can't doubt them at this point. I know. <laughs> I feel, it feels real that you're yeah. going to just be there. So, honestly, and I know, you know, some of this is sport focus. Um, some of it, not the whole story, though, is sport focus. So I can just quickly share. You know, yeah, I know we'll talk about it. a lot of different things. Yep. But 
basically when I started my master's, just, you know, for the way, if people don't know, um, people usually like to get their master's or they try to get it with, we talked about it earlier, but a graduate assistantship generally yep. that, pays, yep, yep. that pays for your tuition in exchange for doing whatever, you know, whether you're with a department or a team or organization, whatever it is. So when I was applying for the master's, my dad was like, you know, in, in all fairness, he was like, figure it out and then you can do your master's. And I was like, that is fair because yep. you know, I, it is on it's me. Expensive, yep. So I applied for a bunch of different things and ended up getting something that I didn't necessarily know I was going to really like, but I do really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. It's, so I'm a graduate assistant um, with the Center for Students with Disabilities at UConn. And basically... CSD. CSD. Shout out CSD. Yep. Um, and so basically, you know, there's a lot of different people with a lot of different backgrounds and situations at UConn. And the CSD is a place for anyone who has, you know, any sort of needs, any sort of accommodations. They can come there and we can work like individualized. Everybody is assigned a specific person they can work with. And in terms of like what your needs are and what your accommodations are, we do our best to provide them. So like, I'm going to interrupt because the CSD is awesome. I had to use it once when <laughs> I, when I came back from my trip, my study abroad oh, trip in Italy right. and that's I had right. stomach problems up the wazoo, up the wazoo. Like it was not, it was not a fun time. <laughs> um, like I had to work with someone there from like, I had to like miss a little chunk of time and they were so accommodating. So great. So it literally is, it's, it's this huge umbrella where it's, it's so, they help so many different people. Um, you're doing God's work. Right? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. Anything welcome. for you. Um, <laughs> Sorry so, to yeah. interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. So, yeah. So, that's obviously part of it. So, basically what I do to, you know, make it, to sum it all up, I have a caseload of students I work with. And I work with them anywhere from one hour to three hours a week. We met, meet individually and I help them with whatever their goals are. So, some of their goals are like academic. Yep. Like, I want a 3-5 semester GPA. Some of them are social where they're like, I'm doing fine grades wise, but I need to help like getting more involved and making some friends. You know, I've had all sorts of different situations going on with different, you know, and sometimes it doesn't have to be just one thing. It can be all, all of the yeah, things. Yeah, sure. So I came in not having really done any of that, right? I did sport management undergrad, sport management masters, and I worked at Gamble. And, I, you know, I did a couple other things here and there, but I had never really worked with students. Over these two years of the master's program. I realized that I really did enjoy working with students and mm -hmm. that's something that I want to pursue. And that kind of like was something I slowly thought about over the two years. And then as we were getting same thing as undergrad, right. As we were getting close or as I was getting close to graduating for a master's and finishing that program, I was like, what do I really want to do? And I realized I didn't necessarily think I wanted to go to the real world yet. Cause I didn't necessarily, it's not like I could pinpoint a specific thing. Like I want to do that. But I knew I liked working in the college environment. I obviously knew I loved working at Gamble and seeing yep. the people there and in the sport manager program. And so I applied and got into the program, which I'm in now. I apologize. It's a mouthful. It's called the Learning, Leadership, and Educational Policy Program. And I'm concentrating in sport management. Have not figured out how to like, make that short. You bamboozled. <laughs> you bamboozled they my say, brain. They say LLEP, which like after I explain lup. it, you'd get it. Yeah. Lup. Lup. <laughs> but like if I said that first, you'd be like, yeah. Lup. Lup. But uh, <laughs> you're right. So you're right. yeah. So that's my program in now. And basically I still love the, like, obviously I'm a huge sports fan. You're a huge sports fan. That's obviously never going to change. Mm -hmm. I used to think I wanted to do like manage an arena, like shout out Brett LeClaire, manage an arena or like, you know, work for a team or something like that. Not that I don't think that's cool anymore, but I think what I want to do moving forward is work at, at a college. And yep. you and I have talked many times about the future and, you know, mm, we're yep. both probably going to be in that environment. Yep. So uh, whether it's you, you know, athletic director, president, you know, whatever you're going to future. <laughs> <Won't be president. laughs> Something in athletics. Yeah. And then, you know, me as a professor or in a department doctor. somewhere. Doctor. You know, that that's also part of it. Dr. Briskin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Holy weird. Hell. That is weird. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we'll, that's, yeah, that's kind of more what we'll I want to do. We'll take something over. Right. We'll, we'll exactly. take over somewhere. Exactly. So is that 
Oh, how long is oh this is a dumb question is it phd four years no not a dumb question at all because honestly all programs are different so the specific one i'm in it's four total years minimum because it's three years of class minimum minimum uh. three years of class and then one year for your dissertation but you can take longer for your dissertation if you need it i i don't plan on it i can't say anything definitive because two times i've been faced with the choice to leave yukon and i have not so <laughs> can't say anything but so it will be four years minimum, which means it'll be 10 years total at UConn when I'm at the end. You're of this. a superhero because <laughs> I I finished my four years of college and then I'm close to being done with my master's, which only took me like a year and a half. Yeah, you However, fast. it was not like um, we don't get breaks. So like there was no right. summer break. That so it was maybe it. A year and a half <laughs> straight. And I want to scratch my eyeballs oh my out right now. Like I am so done with school. Thank so you, you for your service. So you voluntarily being like, oh, four more years <laughs> after I've already done six. Why not? I'm just like, you, you're crazy. Yeah. Honestly, though, I don't know if I could do that anywhere other than UConn. And I and I think like I, it's hard for me to be like, oh yeah, anyone could do that because I love like I love being at UConn. I'm so I I've been to the same school for three different programs, right? Yeah. Some of the PhD students I know in my program, like you know, they went to three different. This is their third different school: one for undergrad, one for masters, one for PhD. Mm-hmm. There's good and bad things to both, right? Like if you went to three different schools, you got a wide set of like experiences and background that maybe I don't have. Whereas for me personally, I'm very comfortable in the program. I don't have to spend time learning or making relationships; those are already there, yep. and I can just focus on getting like more detailed and stuff. So, yep. and I. Th- I think that was what appealed to me so much about my first job out of school when I worked as a facilities and event management assistant at UConn because I knew Ant, who was going to continue to be my boss. I knew people in athletics. I knew, you know, from top to bottom, pretty much everybody. And it was, it was comfortable. And I think that was very important for me, you know, having a journalism and communications degree, you know, you don't really think of working in athletics per se so for me to have the chance to work in athletics see firsthand like yep this is what i want to do um was super super important for me and the comfort thing being at uconn still was was a driving force behind all that um so that's your story about your incredibly long (laughs) and not over (laughs) and not over education career through uconn and what's so amazing is we touched on it a little bit, you know, throughout this, you're doing all this schoolwork, you're working for CSD and you're working at Gamble. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a wizard. You're um, a wizard, Harry. Yeah. So I want to talk about Gamble because that is, that is where this beautiful friendship <laughs> formed. Um, so when you started working at Gamble, you're, you just freshman, yeah, February 2014, I think. So freshman second year. semester yep, of your freshman, freshman spring. Year. Okay, so you, I started in the fall, so one only one semester different. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, what did you enjoy most about the job? I know I talked in episode one a little bit about what we did, but the things we did, oh, I talk about a wide umbrella, like it is oh, a, oh. it is a wide <laughs> umbrella of things that we did. So I want a tough question. What is your what, what did you enjoy most about it? Yeah, and I can give kind of two answers to that. The first one isn't going to surprise you. I think my favorite thing was, like, the people, honestly. Like, yep. and I just have to get this out of the way because that's 
really the only reason I've stayed so long and I'm still there right now. Well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the fall, but you yeah. know, shout out, whatever we figure that out. Yep, you know, yep. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> that's the only reason I've been there so long is because from Ant, who is our boss the whole time to you, to the all, we call each other the Gamble All-Stars. Shout out the All-Stars. That's what we call the the, the homies at, yep. who worked at Gamble. Gamble All-Stars, baby. Um, they were all great and it, it always made work. Even, you know, we'll get into some of our least favorite things we've ever done, Blech. but it made it always we always made it fun no matter what we were doing and like we'd get the work done you know what no matter how long it would take but honestly the people there like those are people that you know I, i'm probably closer with than maybe some of my other friends that yeah. i've made at college so i'm i am in the exact same boat in terms of what i enjoyed most about it like people always complain about like oh i have to go to work i was like i have to go to work and yeah. i'm excited about <laughs> yeah. it like i i tailored my class schedule to only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yep. So I could work all day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yep. yep. Shout out daily hours. Shout out daily <laughs> hours. But it was like, that is like, that's where I went. I told you guys in episode one, like it was getting this job was the best thing that happened to me in college because it's where like I met all my closest friends in school. Um, the people who Aunt had brought in were phenomenal. Um, it was just a very tight knit group. A very very tight knit group, especially in the early years. Like, oh yeah, especially in the early years. Um, so the people, like you said, just really really made it as good as it was. Yeah, and then so obviously you know we're both quite literally on the same page about that. But then I guess to actually answer your question, what you originally said, it's funny because it doesn't. I always struggle to explain how that we would come in every day and probably do something we've never done before among the things we did that day yeah like we had our usual stuff right like washing the courts or you know uh putting the bleachers out or putting setting them in. up for practices yeah, exactly so like mm-hmm. those were standards throughout the whole time but yep. then we'd always have stuff that would just come out of nowhere and i think a lot of that was from ant because he would always say he was just like a yes man he, anyone who needed help he, he just wore like, ant wore yeah. so many hats yeah. like he, i remember we started my freshman year we were we were gamble we only really did things in Gamble. And then slowly, but mm-hmm. no, actually screw that. Not slowly. <laughs> Qu- quickly, it started becoming, okay, now you're going to deal with Worth, the champion center for the basketball teams. And, oh, Burton needs a little bit of help. The football facility needs – Shout out Burton. Shout out, uh, <laughs> yep, shout out Burton. Um, uh, they need a lot of help over there. And then, like, oh, we're going to go do stuff for the rec center because they need help over there. And quickly the job became, okay, we're not just working in Gamble. We are working – all over athletics, which was which was cool, but like you said, you are doing something different every day. Yeah, and just to go back to something you said, I'm a big hat guy. I wear a lot of hats, and might wear more hats than I. And, and that's big and, of me to admit. So and he, yeah. So for you guys who don't know, Bruno, <laughs> I swear to God, this guy has so much drip, it hurts. Ooh, he ooh. he the matching sweatshirt with matching snapback <laughs> is like his his go to thing. He's got like a Bruin sweatshirt, Bruin snapback, Red Sox sweatshirt, Red Sox snapback. It is. Looking at him right now, Yukon <laughs> Polo and Yukon Snapback, it is fantastic. It's the move. It is the, the move. move. Um, um, but yeah, so basically where I was going with that, and you kind of already said it too, that made it like fun. And just like you said, how you would come, some people would be like, oh, I have to go to work. We'd always be like, oh, we're going to work. It would be fun because we, you would never know what you were going to do that day. And like, yes, not every task we did, we always loved. And like, yep. there were some tasks that we didn't love, especially when it was like, Hey, go all the way over here and do that. It's like, what are we doing here? Yeah. But at the same time, like I've been there for so long and I don't think I would still be here if it was like, we wasn't that factor of like, you're doing something new all the time. Cause it's always, it just makes it interesting. And like it, it spices it up. It adds variety. And even though I can say I'm a veteran where like, I know a lot of stuff, I'm always learning something new because we're always doing something new, you know? That is precisely, like, 
precisely to a T why I wanted to get into sports. They are not doing the same thing every day. I could not sit at a desk nope. for my job for 40 years and whatever till I retire and do the same thing every single day. No, nope. God bless you people who do like auditors and like you. <laughs> Sam. Yeah. You guys are a special breed because I would drive myself insane. Um, so like you mentioned, we do th- all these different things throughout the course of a day. Some are great. Some are not so great. So <laughs> I sent Bruno, I sent Bruno like a text last night and I was like, okay, here are some like bullet points I'm going to talk about. And one of the things was favorite events that we got the chance to work. So off the top of your head, well, not really, cause I told you last yeah. night, but still, what are some of the favorite events that you worked uh, at, during your illustrious career? Illustrious. That was a big word for me. That was um, a big career at UConn. Um, absolutely. So, I mean, the most obvious thing is going to be basketball, right? Because yep. like we've worked at, that's the basketball arena that we work at. Yep. And so being, and I know I'm not trying to rub it in, but being that I started a year before you, luckily I was Jerk. able to see and be there for the dual national championships. Cause that was my freshman year. Damn so you. off the top of my head, right off the top, I'm doing wink, 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 wink off the top of my head. That's the, definitely the most, and I, it's not like I necessarily worked well, I didn't work the championship because I was in Dallas or wherever that was. But, I mean, just being there for that experience, like working some of those games in the spring, I probably caught the end of the season, I think. Yeah. Um, that was incredible and kind of spoiled me. I'm not going to lie because I literally came to school, won two national championships, and I was like, this is life, baby. Yeah, I won the two with – the women won in 15 and 16, and that was it. Right. And I think I experienced the four worst years of men's basketball yeah. in UConn history. And, uh, I, you know, I, I do feel bad about that. Luckily, though, from a, a woman's team perspective, like getting to see the GOAT, Brianna Stewart. I mean, Stewie. you can argue it, but Stewie. You no, know, wink, she's wink. the GOAT. She is um, the GOAT. She's, she was incredible. I remember, like, it would. I would struggle to explain this to people who didn't go to UConn, like uh, all my ho- friends from home. I'd be like, yeah, so our women's team, we just go 40-0 and win every game by, like, 50 points. Like, if we don't win by 20, <laughs> people get mad. Yeah. Like, like, and, we've ne- and we retired from the AAC never having lost a conference game. Like you didn't lose. We never once lost. Didn't lose. <laughs> like that's just oh my right. god. And so and honestly, I mean, talk about being spoiled. That's how I started. So I yeah. was like, this is incredible. Like this is incredible. And our women's team, you know, it, it you it's like it you can't maintain forty zero every single year for no. all. To, no one does that. Not even the Patriots Close. do that. Yeah. Close, but yeah. you know. Um. So that was those are like working those basketball games, especially early on. That was just incredible. And like you know, we're we're not we're close to the players. Like from a. Like we're in the same building, not like we're friends with them, but yeah. like you know, you get to see them practice. Yeah, you get they to see say them walking like, around. What up to you? Yeah, yeah, you can establish some sort of relationships with them for sure. But yeah, you're in their facilities, and like you are right. closely working with them. Um, again, not like on like a friendship right. level, but like you're you get the chance to be around them, right. and like not many people get the chance to do that at, at UConn. Right. Um, I think for me, the first event that sticks into my head. So I talk oh, no. about I talk about daily shifts. Um. Which are like I said, you know, you work either eight to twelve or, or one to three, and then event shifts are like okay, there's a basketball game that night. You're going to come in at four and you're going to work till eleven, that kind of thing. So my first like real event in the fall of 2014 was first night, and first night is like the kickoff to the basketball season, and it's like midnight madness. I think something like Kentucky calls it or something. Losers. Losers. Um. So I'm like you know peppy little freshman walking in there like all right let's do this um never having a first night but it's cool because like you said they just won dual national championships that does not happen in college basketball we've done it twice we have not bragging no i'm in a but we're bragging but, yeah we're bragging <laughs> um so i was like oh this is so cool i remember 
this senior, I think it was Buzz. Oh no. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looks at me and was like, Hey freshman, like uh you're coming up with me like up to the catwalk and we're unveiling that banner. Cause like the national championship banner banners hang from like the, the catwalks at at, at Gample and they were covered by like these plastic coverings mm-hmm. and he was like, All right, you're coming up there and I was like, Oh, okay, like whatever. That doesn't seem bad. He told me this like an hour before we did it. And then we kind of went off to like the back and did something and we came back out and the stands were full and like the lights were off and we were, I was climbing. I don't like heights. (laughs) I don't like heights. You don't like heights. I don't like heights either. But this catwalk doesn't look that far up from the the ground. And then you're walking up it. It's all the way up. All the way up. It, it, I, I like can't even explain it to you. So the place is packed. They're doing introductions and people are screaming and yelling and the catwalk is literally shaking. And like we had some big boys going up there too. Like we like there were some big boys, and it was the catwalk was like swaying. Oh my goodness! The lights were off. We're carrying scissors, <laughs> so like if someone drops their pair of scissors, someone below them is gonna have a bad night. Yeah, that's not good. It's gonna gonna have a bad night. So I remember being scared. I was like gonna poop my pants, um, and then all of a sudden like things just started happening, and like the lights went off, like they were already off, and like there were flames and shit going on, but like lights completely off. Spotlight comes on. On you. On us. (laughs) Us, like, minions upon the catwalk. And we have to, like, cut some strings or something. I don't don't even... You blacked out. I blacked out. (laughs) I quite literally blacked out. We cut some strings. And then, like, you have to, like... You had to, like, reach underneath something and like pull this cover off of things and it was just so awkward and it was like low-key kind of heavy but we got it off fine but i remember i was like profusely sweating like we wore these gray polos i think it was like black by the time i was done with it um so that was i i don't know if it's a favorite event i've ever worked but it is a memorable an incredibly memorable event um bruno and i got the chance to work uh they're called like celebrate the season events um which like the women's team does at the end of every season because you can literally celebrate every season that they play, yeah. um, and as you should as you should. And they invite I don't know I don't, I don't know exactly how it works. Like a, some members of the community or something come yeah. in. There's like a very limited amount of seats. maybe donors. Don't too. yeah I'm yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming that has something yeah. to do with it. Um, but we got a chance to go in there and they kind of celebrate the team and what their accomplishments. And obviously there are a ton of accomplishments. And that was always something that I enjoyed doing. Um, and then I think that I don't know the last one that I wrote down was the championship viewing party in 2016. That was fun because that was like the last yeah championship thing that we didn't know it, but yeah, yeah, we didn't know <laughs> it, but yeah, that was it. Um, so those are some of the good things, yeah. the good events. You no, know, just just some, just to name just, a few championships just, here and there. <laughs> yep, just you know, what do the women have? Eleven, and the men have yeah. four. Yep, and fifteen. Soon to be five though. Uh, dude, they're on the come up. They are. On the come up. What? Dan Hurley, oh the carpenter, goodness. Dan Hurley is incredible. He is his recruiting is phenomenal. And then the women, Paige Oh Bukers. Bukers, yep. yeah. She just said she wants to win four. Oh yeah. Oh watch out. I, I would say the Big East doesn't know it's coming, but I think they know like, it's coming. We're coming we're, like, <laughs> we're coming back. We're coming home <laughs> and we're coming to win. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah it's just <laughs> and yeah, I'm gonna say we're like I don't even don't come at me. Oh, it's a word. Don't come at me in mentions. It's a war. It's a war. We're we're coming. Um <laughs> So that leads to the not so fun tasks. Right. <laughs> like I, like we said, there are some that just weren't fun. Right. And I remember in my interview, Aunt stared me dead in the soul and was like, "There are times where uh, things are going to not be fun. Like you're going to scrape gum off the bleachers." Yeah. And I was like, "Whatever, okay." But 
no, we really did. Like we did stuff yeah. like that. Um, so what are some of your least favorite <laughs> memories from um, things we did? This isn't going to do it justice. We could, you know, I'm sure if we asked all the all-stars, this would be a very, you know, it'd be a list. I'm not going to say how long it is, but it might be <clears throat> long. But uh, <laughs> A scroll. Yeah. Whoops out a scroll. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, I can't even remember them all. But, like, some of the things that stand out, I mean, it'd be, like, you know, f- it, it would have a classic, like, spring snow and then, like, lacrosse needs to play a game. This was and my number be, one. I know yeah, what you're saying. Yes. Go shovel the bleachers. And oh. it would just be, like, what are we doing here? And, like, it was – that's just one of those things. Like, yes, I'm not – it needs to get done. There's going to be – fan. like, I get why we're doing it. But then when you see the bleachers, you can't even see the seats because there's, like, a foot of snow on them. And it's, like, three of us with, like, two broken shovels and one regular one. It's like, okay, well, uh, let's get to work. Yeah, this – it. It was just the <laughs> it was like the worst feeling where you like saw snow in the forecast and then like you saw like lacrosse at a game or something you're like uh, we know what's coming like, <laughs> we, we know what's we coming. know what's coming and then we get in the morning and Ant's just kind of like smiling <laughs> and he's like okay okay <laughs> like, here you go um, so, so that was my number one right that and then you know like for something that happens all the time this might be a if you know you know but like the gray floor that goes down this was my number two yep we're on the same page it's basically for those who don't know it's basically you it's this like surface it's like basically a bunch of puzzle pieces that you put together and the purpose of it is to protect the court if there's like a concert or an event and you don't want someone touching the actual court or like you know you don't want things touching actual court you put it down and it makes sense you have to do it like we get why you have to do it plastic layer of the court but basically imagine puzzle pieces that are like half the size of you Heavy, heavy, dirty, gross, never been washed. I wrote in my notes, Bruno, that like I'm. This is not me being insensitive. I feel like we could survive anything, like Corona. Oh my like, god, we've touched the bottom of Grave <laughs> the floor, bottom of Grave Floor, and I, lived. <laughs> I feel like we could live through anything, right? No, because it's, it is that bad. Think, it's that. You bad. think about like spring concert, and you have Ooh, you know, like I'm the, shuddering. You have like the hooligans who like can't handle the alcohol, and like pull trig in the middle Ugh. of the floor and it's like oh that's nice to clean up at the end of the night and i think our strategy was to just not think about it yeah no it's just like you know your hands are going to be like black after like they're going right. to be disgusting they're going to you're going to have to thoroughly wash for like 10 minutes right. um but it gray floor happened more than i would like All to the time. more than i would like yep. to re- recall right so yeah and it was always you know, the, the dirt is part of it, whatever. But then it's also just the, like, putting all the puzzle pieces together. Normally in a puzzle, like, you do a puzzle on your own. It's like, okay, these fit together. And maybe the biggest thing is, like, you're missing a piece or two. For Gray Floor, you put it together. Ten minutes later, so because someone else is pulling in a different direction, doesn't fit anymore, you get halfway through and you're like, hey, this puzzle is not looking like a puzzle anymore. Correct. And then it's, like, fixed. So, anyways, you're getting into the weeds there. No, but... I'm going to get into the weeds because <laughs> I remember, like, it was so infuriating Gray floor never, almost never went down correctly like the first try. So we either had like a blip somewhere or had to start over. You have to get like the horizontal and the vertical like first row down yep. perfectly. Yep. Like it has to be a perfect 90 degree angle. I remember it got so anal at one point that we had to go put like, ru- we brought yeah, rulers out. We did. We, brought, measured. we measured like, okay, <laughs> it's six inches from this line. Make sure it's that way the whole way down. Because like if, you, if you're if you off at the beginning, you're going to be off somewhere else and right. it's going to, everyone's going to get pissed. Right. And like, I feel like a lot of all of our emotions came out during Gray oh, Floor. Yeah. We're all like, <laughs> we're all miserable. It was just, it wasn't a fun time. It was Gray Floor is not a fun time. And like there were events where you'd have to move it like during the event. Uh, people were watching, and then it was just like, what are you doing? Like, Look at those losers down yeah, there. Like, ugh. I think, and this is something that just comes with Gamble in general. But 
we you so obviously i'm a year older than you but i lump you in kind of with like the class like the people from the beginning so when kurt and i were working probably like you know my junior year his sophomore year through that was my like, class graduating. Yeah, that was the big one. You could call that the golden years of Gampo. A lot um, of people call it that. We had a Christmas card. We did. Oh, sorry, Brent. Brent <laughs> We're not Do I need to say anything? <laughs> We're not going to talk <laughs> about gonna the C word on. <laughs> we had a holiday card. Shout out all my Jewish brethren. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, that that class of us, like who was just all the all the old homies, like the original all stars, all of the guys and girls. You know, people forget both guys and girls um who worked there we all knew what we were doing we had all been through it before and we had all kind of like come up and like risen at the same time so in the beginning like those years it was not at any of the tasks not even just great floor all of it mm-hmm. was kind of not as bad but then like the way obviously college works is you're usually you know i'm I, coming from me this is gonna sound funny but you're usually there for four years if that at a job yeah, correct. and then you're gone yep. so i think what you and i as people who stayed longer than the people who left mm-hmm. we realized that we no longer had like a hundred percent of us on the same page it was like people who were new and again like for anyone who was new or inexperienced it's not their fault no, because that's just like just how hard. it works yep. but then it you and i quickly realized as like leaders we were like Uh-oh. this is a lot harder than we thought it was going to be yeah. because we talk about your junior and senior year, my sophomore and junior year. Those were the golden. Those were the the Gamble All Stars. The golden. Years. Those were the All Stars, <laughs> and we t- like one of the, like the most important things we do is like before a basketball game, like the day before, night before, um, after the team's practice, we kind of come in and set up for the game. And I remember during those golden years we speak of. We would, everyone knew what they were doing. Everyone had a task and everyone did it really, really well. We crushed it. We would be done with a game setup. And I'm, this is not me bullshitting. Like two, like 20 minutes. Literally no bullshit. Like 20 minutes. We would, fl- and like there were, there's a laundry list of stuff that you have to do to get ready for a game. Um, it's like a car chase, like a NASCAR pit, like a car. Yeah, a pit the, stop. Yeah, pit stop. Yep. It was, it was fast. Yeah. And I remember as I was a senior and then the year after, <laughs> I was so used to it being 20 minutes and everyone knew what they were doing. And then it was like, okay, why are we here an hour and a half? Yeah, like what's going on? Yeah. So that, I mean, obviously again, nobody's fault, but those, those were some special years. Right. Those, those two, right. those two in the middle. Also, it just popped into my head. The bulkhead oh for, okay. So hold on. Oh my. Yeah. How could we, forget? did you hear the PTSD in Bruno's voice when I, okay. So the bulkhead, it's not Inside even PTSD of, for me at this I, point. No, Kurt. It's true. It's very much real, <laughs> real time, real time. Um, so the Gamble is connected to the um, the pool that we have for the swimming and diving team, um, and I don't even know how to explain it, but it's a thing called the bulkhead, and it's it's in the pool, and it uh, is like, do they dive off of it? Yeah, it's it's both. I think used to walk across the pool because it's like obviously you can walk across it, but then also there's holes for the diving boards and you can they're reversible. So depending on the setup yeah. of the pool, you put the diving boards in and they dive off. Of yeah. Them. So this thing takes up the entire it's the entire um, what is it width of the pool, and you have to strap like hooks onto this thing, and you have two people on each side, and you are pulling with absolutely all of your might. Like you are pulling as hard as you possibly can. You were gonna say something? Go. Sick. I was just gonna say from your soul. Like, you, <laughs> like you. It was. It's like borderline painful. And, borderline? Question mark. Yeah, I mean it's painful. <laughs> um, and 
depending on where the bulkhead is, like if it's on the other end of the pool, like you're going to be pushing and pulling for, I don't know, 20 minutes. Like it is possibly more depending on who you have. Yeah. Yeah. You want, if the bulkhead's got to move, you're hoping like the gym nerds are there. Like you're like people who like you lift every day. Right. Chris Brown, like Jack. Shout out Chris Brown. Shout out Chris Brown. Um, His side was usually ahead of ours, but we do what we can. Oh, and that's another thing. You can't have one side pull too far ahead. can't even do that. Because (laughs) uh, it will get stuck. So you have to pull at the same time, and it – it's just not fun. It's like the – oh, God. I was sucked at science. What is it? Like the force oh, get, like yeah. with the water. The water. It made just slowed it down so much. It was it was not fun. No. So that's a, that's top – that's Mount Rushmore of the worst probably. Yeah, those those three. Yeah, those mm. three. Well, we have a fourth, but, you know, we don't have to. No, we're, we're good. We already um, lived through enough. We've lived through <laughs> Yeah. So, all right. That's basically all I want to talk about for Gamble. You guys, I think, got a pretty good look into – what we kind of did, um, again, it was the the coolest job. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, Ant has moved on to bigger and better things. He is no longer. <laughs> tear, tear. I know. He was the coolest boss ever. Um, and I don't know. You're still there. I'm sure it's a little different. I know things are different. When, when I left UConn, Ant got another job opportunity and left like a week later. So things changed uh, pretty dramatically from the fact that like two people who had kind of been there for a while were no longer there. And I know some things merged with events and stuff. So, you know, it, it's changed since I left. But, I mean, Bruno's still there holding down the fort. So Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I don't have to get too into it. But definitely things changed. I think we both, you know, no joke, we both, like, didn't realize how great of a boss Ant was until we kind of were, like, looking back at it now. Because, yep. honestly, if it wasn't for him, we might not be there. Yep. Um, but, honestly, it – it taught us a lot, especially towards the end of us or well, towards the end of our both of us being there together. You know, mm-hmm. we had to take on more leadership and like a lot of the things that Ant used to do where he was like, Hey, can you help out with this? And we were yep. like, Hey, your job wasn't as easy as you thought. So yep. definitely one of the most fun, if not the most fun jobs I've ever had. But also, not gonna lie, I've probably learned more from that in terms of like oh, the yeah. actual skills to like leadership and communication, like mm-hmm. all the sorts of like everything that comes with working, probably learned the most from that than I have anything else. So Yep, me too. And it's a hundred percent the reason I'm passing my masters that like that job yeah so two weeks two weeks thank god <laughs> all right guys so the last portion of today uh today's conversation with bruno is going to be about the patriots so for all you haters you can just you can turn it off turn it turn off turn it off right now or listen or yeah or actually <laughs> hold on before you hang up or no, hang up am i stupid no, before I, you before you pause or get a <laughs> click out of the app okay give me a chance Give me one chance. <laughs> Give me one chance. You might, you'll, you'll even hear me talk about Tom Brady. <gasps> All right. So as I told people in episode one, I somehow got Bruno to agree to do an episode a week with me during the NFL season. I mean, he says somehow, but I wanted to. So we did. We did in those Gamble years talk about having a podcast for many years, for like a couple years, and I was like, ha ha ha. Well, here we are. Here we are. So Bruno's going to come on during football season. Hopefully there's a football season. Um, no, there is. Speaking into existence, you're right. it will happen. Yep, 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 yep. So we're going to talk about all things Patriots, and but also some stuff happening around the league. So for again, you Patriot haters, uh, there's there will be stuff for you too. So like, Ant, maybe we'll talk about your Giants for a little. Chris, bit. Jets, yeah. you know. Oh God, Ant I'm not going to talk about Jets. So. Shout out, deal with the Giants. Too. Yeah. So I know Bruno. I think more than anybody. Yeah, no, that's safe. More than anybody sees my like true colors my true 
nerd <laughs> geek out about the Patriots. Uh, this poor, poor man <laughs> has to deal with me like late night Twitter DMs about like undrafted free agents running like cool routes and stuff. And I'm like, Bruno, look at this. And he's like, God, Kurt, like <laughs> you're so weird. But like late night DMs, uh, Bruno's up late. Bruno is up late. Bruno, <laughs> I feel like you're nocturnal. Well, is it tell really me, late tell if it's early? Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. We could talk for a long time about it. Bruno, tell everyone what goofing hours are. Goofing hours are when you reach the portion of the night when I don't like often saying the word normal, but when you know, maybe when most people are doing this thing where they get into their bed and sleep, but you are not doing that. And it's called goofing because it you're just you. You're just doing your own thing. You're like delirious. You're delirious. Uh, I'm saying words to Kurt. I didn't even know were words. No. And we're talking about patriots. And then all of a sudden, here we are in a podcast. And then Bruno's reciting a poem. It's like <laughs> it's like we, things happen. Things happen during goofing hours. And I feel like during, especially during quarantine. Oh my! God. I have joined. I've joined the goofing. Welcome. I've. I Bruno has welcomed me with open <laughs> arms. It's like three thirty in the morning. And we'll be talking about Jarrett Stidham. Yep. And it's like okay. Well, yep. this here, here we, we are. are. This is this is the new normal. This is the <laughs> new normal. Um, but so he's 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 getting these late night Twitter DMs. He's listening to me blab about the draft. I'm a nerd about the draft. He talks. We talk about every game, and we've we've been through some pretty memorable times as Patriots fans. Oh my like goodness. We've 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 lived we've lived through Deflate Gate. <laughs> we've <laughs> People lived, forget. <laughs> we've lived through Super Bowl wins. Oh, 28 uh, to three. A Super Bowl loss. Oh, we don't have to talk about that one. I still hate you, Sam Marshall. <laughs> um, that was kidding. horrible. Just kidding. Um, but I want to start with. The proverbial proverbial elephant in the room. Tampa Brady. <laughs> Tampa, Florida Tom. Tampa Brady. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to throw it to you first. Were you surprised that he left? So it's been interesting. Let me just start by saying this. It's been interesting living through this because the way it's kind of come out at first, I mean, I was absolutely shocked, right? Because I feel like we had heard nonstop outside of a few reporters who are on our haters list. It had basically yeah. been people being like, he's going to resign. There's no way he's going to leave. He just wants more money. Bill needs to give him a fat contract, whatever, whatever, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yep. So I don't, I'm, I mean, you're more plugged in than me, but leading up to his, the decision, um, <sighs> I don't remember getting the feeling like I was nervous because he was a free agent or whatever, but like, I was not really like thinking he was going to leave. And I was when he, when it announced and like of all places, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I was like, what? <sighs> I, I was shocked. I'm not afraid I, to admit it. Maybe, I was shocked. maybe I was naive, but I was really surprised. I was really surprised. I just always thought he was going to end as a Patriot. Of course. I retweeted myself recently because <laughs> Brady signed a what we thought was a contract extension last offseason. Right. But it really wasn't. There was like it was just ways to like navigate cap space and stuff and it, it was like, you know, they couldn't um franchise tag him after the year. So for those who don't know what the franchise tag is, it's like, okay, if you don't want to pay someone okay, so say someone's a free agent and you don't want them to get to free agency where they can talk to other teams, or if you don't want to give them a new contract yet, you can be like, okay, we're putting the franchise tag on you. So that means you are you are staying with the team, and they, you are pay you're getting paid whatever like the um whatever like the already set in stone payment is for like that position. So quarterbacks is probably I don't know thirty million almost a year, but Brady's like, nope, I don't want it. You can't franchise tag right. me. 
I'm going to be a free agent after the season. And I was like, okay, fine. I heard about that during the season this last year. I was like, whatever. It doesn't completely glossed over. Just, I, nobody was talking. About nobody it. was talking about it. And then, and then he puts his house on the market. And I was like, weird. Hmm. And then I don't know. The Patriots were eight and zero last year, and he just looked miserable. Right. And I was like, mm, weird. No, this is kind of weird. But I guess everyone had been like, oh, all that rift with Belichick and Brady was over. Like they, that really was overblown. And I was like, okay, he's coming back. Like he is, he is going to retire a Patriot. I had, I had convinced myself. And I going back to that tweet thing, I tweeted like, <laughs> he's gonna, he's retiring a Patriot. And like, I think I'm gonna shed a tear. Yep. Well, now I'm shedding tears for <laughs> other reasons. Um, but yeah, no, I was surprised. I didn't see it coming. Again, maybe naive of me, but I did not see it coming. So he is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Still sounds weird to even say that. I feel like I'm going to throw up every time I say it. It just doesn't. It sounds wrong. It sounds like I should be like, I don't know, like dish soap in my mouth. Um, but what are your general feelings on him right now? Are you going to root for him? Are you going to root against him? What are you? What is what is Bruno going to do? Well, I mean, to be honest. My initial reaction, and probably was most people, right? I was like, I hate it. I hate him. I was like, this sucks. I want to be angry. I want to be sad. I am those things. I like, went through the seven, horrible. the seven stages yeah. of grief. Probably I think. multiple times. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like, a, yeah, right. I'm still doing it. And so, like, I think the place that I've reached now after, you know, after hearing all the stuff about it and, like, you know, you and I have talked a lot and seeing all the stories and then just seeing where everybody is, I think – the fact that it actually did end up being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers almost makes it a little better because yes. to me, yes. like, yes. I don't want to be mean here, but they're kind of just like irrelevant. They're, like, they're relevant now. I'll call it what it is. I think they are the most irrelevant franchise right. in the NFL. You, you could definitely make that argument. And Before so, Brady. Right. And so if this was like, you know, going to a team we hated, like the Broncos or the Ravens, I mean, they wouldn't. But just theoretically, if you went to one of those type of teams, I would have just been furious, right? But it's it's not like we have a rivalry with the Buccaneers. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's out of the AFC. Right. And all you Twitter trolls who are like, <laughs> oh, he's just scared of Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my God. He's not. Yeah. I mean, he, like, he's beat him. He's so. he's yeah. He went to his place and beat him yeah. in 2018. And they didn't beat us this year. Some people are saying that they did not because we oh didn't yeah play them. But I mean the playoffs. Well, but they did beat us in the regular season. I'm talking about playoffs. But but <laughs> hold on, that changed the season. I'm gonna go back to that. Remember when they called Nikhil Harry out of bounds when he scored a touchdown? I'm still not over that. Uh, no, because it changed the yeah. entire course of the season. That was horrible. All right, I'm not gonna get yeah. into that because I'm but gonna anyways. get mad. So but, I, to, to fully answer your question, like. It, fe- it still feels a bit weird for me to say I'm rooting for him. And I think, like, I, I think I am, but it's also the first time I see him, like, throw a touchdown to Gronk and celebrate. I, I don't even know what I'm going to do, right? Like, what are you going to do when you see that? Like, yeah, do you cry? It's like, <laughs> do you laugh? Do you smile? Like, I, I don't know how I'm going to react. I want to root for him. And, like, it's probably pretty easy to do so considering we just talked about how not a rival with us and not in the same conference as us, right? So that makes it easier. But it's still, like, I mean, are we on Bill's side here? Like people, a lot of people are saying, who's going to do better? We're going to get into that. I'm, yeah, so, I'm about to get into that. Yeah. But I think that, well, first I'm going to interject. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers social media accounts. Oh I want, I want to burn to the They're ground. Infuriating. You keep posting pictures of Tom Brady in a Patriots uniform, like throwing a ball to Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, and I'm like, can we stop? 
Like he is all, every picture you post is with a shitty Photoshop and a Buccaneers jersey, or it's with a Patriot stuff. Talking about all his accolades, I'm like he has done nothing for you. I, I'm just gonna be honest here. I've taken sport law twice. We should sue. So Mark, put that on your notes. All right. We're gonna do that after this all podcast. Right. Sounds good. Okay. We're gonna be busy today. Okay. All right. <laughs> so it's just it is infuriating because it's like oh look at our quarterback, and then they they had the match the other day with the uh, right. Brady and Mickelson and right. Tiger and um, Peyton, and. Like Brady sunk that 150 yard shot or something, and Tampa was like, "Your quarterback could never." And I'm like, "He's not even really your quarterback. He has yet. never played a snap for you. Like, <laughs> shut your mouth, <laughs> shut your mouth." Um, but I think, like I said, I have now gone through the cup, the stages of grief. <laughs> We're mature, I promise. Like multiple times, I've had my. This sounds so dumb. I've had good days. I've had bad days. <laughs> but I think at this point. On May 26th, when we were recording this podcast, it's a went Tuesday. 2.14 p.m. 2.14 p.m. I think what I feel about Tom Brady right now is genuine appreciation. Now, tomorrow at 2.14, that could change. <laughs> but today, it's genuine appreciation. Like, I remember people are going to be like, you're so weird. When he left the Patriots, I didn't know what to do. And I've always liked blogging or being able to get emotions out especially right. about the patriots through writing like i really like to write yeah and i told people that well i i i went like an old person onto facebook uh. and i put a little post out there <laughs> but i said that like tom brady is the reason that i like picked up a football in fourth grade like he is the reason that i wanted to be a quarterback like when i saw him play i was like you know what like that looks fun like that's something that i think i want to do and, like, I talk about appreciation. He has given me, like, and so many people all throughout New England, like, some of their best memories. Like, watching Super Bowls with, like, my friends and stuff are some of the best memories that I have. Like, not only in sports, but, like, just in general. And, like, he has given just such pure joy to all of New England for two decades. Um, which is, it's just a mind-boggling thing that, the same person played at that level for two decades for the same franchise. Right. You have, it's, I would say arguably, but it's not arguably. You had a, one dynasty was like split up into two. Like they had a dynasty from 2000, 2010 where they won three or they should have won four. And they had a dynasty from 2010 to 2020 when they won three and they could have won four or five. Yeah. I mean, yes, they could have lost some too. Right, There's right. A give and take, but but best case could have been Tom Brady played in nine Super Bowls in 20 years, and he missed a year, so <laughs> 19. I mean, that's just it's sickening. That is that is an unheard of stat, and it's in the salary cap era. And again, this is why it makes Tom Brady better than any quarterback ever. He is throwing to Joe Schmo. He mm. he he makes receivers into superstars. Wes Welker was nothing before he came to New England. Facts. Tom, Br don't give me the system. Tom Brady is the system. Like mm. that was Tom Brady's offense. The Patriots, that quick pass offense is something that was geared towards Tom Brady. Right. Tom, that was Tom Brady's offense. It wasn't, Oh, Bill Belichick did that. Nope. That they catered to what Tom Brady was best at and they made it work. So Wes Welker comes. He was a nobody. Tom makes him a superstar. Julian Edelman was a seventh-round draft pick and is now the best wide receiver on the Patriots. People are uh, – Bill Belichick called Julian Edelman and was like, we don't know what you're going to play. No, he's probably like, 
we don't know what you're gonna. What you're gonna play? We don't know what you're gonna but play. But you're a football player. But you're a football player. That's kind of like Coach O, but you know. yeah, that was a good mix. <laughs> but they brought him in, and Tom Brady has turned him into. He's nope, not a hot take. He has a good year this year. He's a Hall of Famer. It's not crazy to say his postseason stats are sickening. Like they are, they're stupid, is what they are. And he has the Super Bowls. So people forget he, ha- he has a CS three. Um, so I don't know. I it's genuine appreciation, and I feel like. I get people are mad that he kind of picked up and left Boston after 20 years. But in that same breath, I understand it. Like selfishly, yes, I want him I want him to be a patriot for life. But Tom Brady is one of the most competitive sons of bitches I've ever seen, and I feel like he wants to push himself to see what else he can do on a football field. He is already going to be 43 years old by the time the season starts. And he is going to have a chance now to win without Belichick. And I'm going to interject because I think the argument about Brady and Belichick is the stupidest argument ever. Nope. Nope. Actually, yeah, I'm going to stick by that. <laughs> I like that. I like I, that. My brain was just trying to function <laughs> ever. But, like, I, it bothers me so much. Like, Tom Brady cannot do what Bill Belichick does. Bill Belichick cannot do what Tom Brady does. They need each other. They worked in unison. And, yes, when you work with somebody for 20 years and you have two personalities like that, Belichick, who is stone cold, and Brady, who is just, like, fun-loving. Well, he's he has a great personality, but he becomes, you know, like an alter ego on the field. But these two personalities that, you know, sometimes clashed, I'm sure. I'm sure it's it makes it tough to, to coexist like that. So, like – I don't like the argument that who like who needed who. It's like, well, why can't they both be great? Why can't Bill Belichick be the greatest coach of all time? And why can't Tom Brady be the best quarterback of all time? They helped each other accomplish things that will never be accomplished accomplished again in the game of football. So I for like me when I, I, t- I ask about I asked you, are you gonna root for him? Like, yes, I'm going to root for Tom Brady. And some people were like, Oh, Kurt, are you a Buccaneers fan now? I hate those. It's people. like, no. I am a Patriots fan first, but I am 100% a Tom Brady fan too. So I will root for Tom. Might not shout out Sandy Field, shout out my mom. Ooh. Actually, I'm kind of mad at her because she's oh. like, she's like, F Tom. And like, she doesn't, she's not, mom. she's, yeah, she's not on the Tom train. <laughs> oh, no. She's like, she's like, he betrayed us, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And I was like, mom, like, right. be appreciative of what this right. man gave to this, this region for so long. It's like, right. I, so yes, I'm a Patriots fan first, but I'm going to root for Tom in Tampa. Because I want them both to be great. I want Belichick to be great here with the Patriots, and I want Brady to be great in Tampa Bay. Because I want people to realize how special both of them are. Because all you all you idiots who talk about the um, the you know the system the the system the Patriots run, I want I want you to see what Brady can do outside of this so called system. And like I understand so clearly. Why so many people hate the Patriots. It's like how I feel with Alabama and college football. I do not like right. Alabama and college football right. because they win all the time. And they are in it all the time. And they have this column arrogant head coach. I get it. I I, I get it. It's boring the Patriots win all the time. You you hate Belichick. You hate Kraft. You hate Brady. And you say jealous. you say they cheat. And like I hear you. I like I I understand. So and I and I'll call it like it is too. Patriots fans are annoying sometimes. We we don't like to lose. We don't lose much. 
but it's it's we're like the evil empire. It's like the Yankees for so long. Like you hate you hate the people on top. I don't like that. I mean, it's that's a good comparison, but it doesn't make me feel. Yeah, good. felt wrong when I was kind of. <laughs> but like it, I, it makes sense, and I I don't blame people for hating the Patriots. But I want people to take off these stupid glasses that they have, and I want them to appreciate what happened in New England because you are never ever going to see anything like it again. Don't give me the BS about Patrick Mahomes. It's not happening. It is not happening. He's not going to win six, and if he does, I will. I will eat oh, a football. Okay. I'll, Mark I'll, it down. Write Mark it, it down. <laughs> I'll eat a football and I'll post it. I'll go. I'll go IG live. Um, and, and just, I know. Well, you know, I'm I'm echoing a lot of what, the things that you're saying here. And one thing I want to add on in agreement with what you're saying. No matter if he plays, say he plays two or three more years, right? That's like what he's realistically looking to play. We don't yeah. know what's going to happen, but say he plays two or three more years, maybe he wins anywhere from one to three Super Bowls. I mean, three is aggressive. One to two Super Bowls, maybe I think, one. I think he gets one. Yeah, it's probably, you know, maybe not this first year, maybe the second year, who knows. Even if he does, right? There's still a good chance he comes at the end of his career, signs with the Patriots for like a day and retire. You know what I mean? Does yeah, that whole there's thing. There's no doubt. And in the future, no, even if he wins the Super Bowl for the Bucks, right? Nobody is going to look back and be like, "Oh yeah, Tom Brady, the Buccaneer." So well, like, it's like Peyton and the Broncos, right? It's, it's like, yeah, he won, he won one of the, but he, like, but like he he was carried, he was carried, he, right. was carried. he or, had yeah, no arm, exactly. He ta- Peyton Manning is a Colt in my mind, like exactly. Peyton Manning is a Colt, and that's been the one thing that like has made it easier for me personally, and probably for other people too, is that like I know in the moment this obviously you know wasn't ideal, was shocking, we had to go through all this stuff and whatever, but to me it's been like okay. I'm I'm right on the appreciative train with you, and I'm the same way. And you know, the best to him, he's earned that. And yep. as much as it's going to suck these next two years in terms of like if they win and the Patriots don't, obviously that's going to suck. No matter what, right? We'll look back, you know, when we're older, when he's finally retired, right. and we'll be like, okay, like that was crazy. It's going to be like watching your ex for a while <sighs> go date someone who's like younger <laughs> and cuter, and you're like, Frick. and like. It's Frick. hard for you to like. You understand why. Like, it's not like you're like, I don't get it. It's like they have all the weapons. And, they like... get it. They have all these uh, really <laughs> yeah. attractive features. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like. like oh, man. But like I, like I said, I really just want right. people to. Tom Brady is now outside of the evil empire. He is on his own. Just appreciate the man. Like appreciate what the man is doing. Just based on the fact that he is forty, he's gonna be forty three years old. Look at the shape he is in. Like crazy. He has got um. It, Oh God! It's like Benjamin Button. Like they age backwards. It's like it makes no sense. It's jinx. Um, <laughs> but it's just I want people to appreciate what he did in New England. I want everyone outside of New England who hated him for so long because he was a Patriot. Fine. Now here's he's, your chance. Now he's not a Patriot. So right. appreciate the man because right. what he brings from a competitive standpoint and an athletic standpoint is impressive. I don't want to nerd out. I'm not gonna nerd out. But if anyone's bored and they talk about Brady <laughs> being in decline. There's no doubt he is not where he was once was, but that he is still an above average quarterback in the NFL. Go look at the like, if you look at the, um, oh god, this is gonna get nerdy. If you go look at like the like, I forget the actual name of it. It's not like the drop ratio, but it's like it's like a perfect pass ratio oh, thing right. where like balls that were should have been caught or were right. catchable passes. Um, the amount of pe- catch passes that were actually caught last year that were in that like area were low. The Patriots receivers did Tom Brady no favors. Tom Brady also, oh, it's called adjusted adjusted like um throwing percentage or something. Right, something like that. So you, it takes away throwaways or it takes away like spiking the ball into the ground because you know, Brady at 42 or 43 years old 
um, adjusted completion per- percentage. That was going to piss me off. Got it. Um, so it's like Brady throws the ball away a lot now. So unlike his former uh, quarterback in Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston, who couldn't <laughs> see and just chuck the ball up or whatever, Brady was like, no, I'm going to live to fight another play, and I'm going to throw the ball out of bounds. Right. You could call that dumb. I call it being a smart quarterback. So, you know, adjusted completion percentage, Brady was near the top of his career last year. And that's like that's just stuff like generic fans like don't think about, and that's fine. Not everyone should think about it that way. They should just watch the game and enjoy it. But like for me, someone who like lives and breathes Patriots, like that stuff's cool to me. Like he's not he's not as bad as you think he is. So let him let him try to prove that to you this year. Right. And for all the people who are just using stats from last year for this argument, when no Gronk, that's the first time he's ever really had to do that. Yeah. The receiver, like Nikhil Harry being injured, the hurt. Rec- Julian Edelman being like triple covered. Like, yeah. no wonder the stats are bad. Like, they had and quite, Antonio Brown for one game. Like, they had Tweedledee <laughs> and Tweedledum at, right. at tight end. Like, there was nothing. Right. So the argument where it's He like, lost his center. Yeah, oh, that's people forget about that too. Yeah. In football. So like, yeah, I, I don't, those people who are just using last year to, for this argument, it's like, did, what about two years ago? Which yeah. is still recent and he was great. So it's like, yeah, you gotta, I gotta figure it out. I have a confession. Oh, uh, like two nights ago, oh, nice. I stayed up and I watched, uh, it was something on YouTube. It was like a suggested thing that was like every play from the Patriots, uh, uh 2018 postseason, And I watched the game in Arrowhead, the AFC championship game. Where in overtime, he completed a third and 10 to Julian Edelman, and then another third and 10 to Julian Edelman, and then a third and 11 to Gronk. The man went on the road in an AFC championship game where he's everyone said he could not win. You can't win an arrowhead. You can't win a game on the road in the playoffs. And stones, like absolute stones. Onions. Oh, my God. <laughs> like in the, in the biggest moment of the season, like – that's the guy you want. Right. Like, shut up. You don't want Patrick Mahomes. You you don't want Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. You want Tom Brady. He has done it. He has proven it over and over. I don't know how many more times a man can prove it until he gets some respect on his name. Right. Like, respect the man. Right. And that's the only thing. Okay. That's the only thing I, I really feel. I'm going to stop talking about Tom Brady because <laughs> we literally could go on for two hours. So, um, let's talk really quick about the Buccaneers. Do you think they're going to be good or no? I feel like the easy answer is yes, and I feel like that's what a lot of people are saying because, like, you look at their offense, right? It, you don't have to explain it much. Like, the weapons they have, stupid. Tom Brady, stupid. like, either offensive line, I, th- I don't know it's too good. much, but it's it's good enough. Bruce Arians is, like, an offensive coach. So, like, yeah. their offense seems good, and it, like, would have been – it was good last year. would have been even better if Jameis didn't throw, like, 30 picks or whatever he threw. 30 right? picks and eight fumbles. He had 38 right. turnovers. Tom Brady has 38 turnovers combined in, like, the last four years. Right, which is – yeah, which is another yeah, – so, add that to the crazy stats. Yeah, I know. Um, And all I've been hearing about the defense is, like, yeah, it's not maybe, like, the Ravens or it's elite, up, but though. it's, you know, it's young and coming up, and yeah. they have some good pieces. So it's easy to see why you would say yes. I think the one thing that like we have to kind of think about is like, remember, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, but people were like, the Browns, are they yeah. Loki? You know, like yep. we've done this before where I know, and I, I'm not trying to disrespect Tom Brady by being like Baker and Tom, like right. obviously no, two no, different no, quarterbacks, no, I but I think it remains to be seen how quickly he can kind of turn their culture around because mm-hmm. he's going like, that's, he's going to come in there and their players are going to be like, I've never seen a championship level work ethic or culture before. Well, yeah, the, someone I think it was the center already was right. talking about it. Like he like he walks in the room and like everyone straightens up like he right. like that is his persona. Like he 
is a cha- he's a six-time right. champion. He has proven himself, and he is going to push people around him just by being in the room, right? Not by even saying anything. Right. But they are going to try to elevate their game just because Tom Brady is now right. on your team. So you have amazing receivers like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, and you have tight ends now with like with Cameron Bray, OJ Howard, and, and Gronk. Okay. <laughs> that pisses me off, though. I yeah, I, the appreciation I thing I for yeah. Tom, the Gronk thing <laughs> yeah, makes I me know, mad. That's mm, yeah. no, that's dumb. I I don't really care about Gronk yeah. anymore. His little shenanigans off the field got annoying, and I, whatever. Oh, I'm not I'm not gonna say it. But <laughs> um, the, the weapons he has right. are uh, and, amazing. Yeah, and I think what also helps is like you were kind of getting there, but having a bunch of young, young-ish, younger players who want to win, who maybe haven't won, like that's the perfect group for yep. Tom Brady to come, not like a bunch of older guys who maybe aren't as motivated. These are all like players who like, you know, may have good stats, yep. but they want to win. So from that perspective, maybe more than just, just looking at the receivers weapons and being like, Oh yeah, they're super Bowl." I think the culture and like the fit could be good. And I'm talking like, I'm a Buccaneer expert. Obviously I'm not, but like, I, I think so. And I think Bruce Arians is going to be really flexible with letting Tom, like, you know, not like take over everything, but like, you know, he wants to win too. So the best way to probably do that is to let Tom be like, this is the culture. This is how we're right. going to work. However, right. Like they're in the same division as the saints who are pretty yeah. good. If you haven't forgotten, the NFC is stacked. And the, yeah, the NFC in general is so tough not to, you know, and again, I hate this argument that people always say like, Oh, the Patriots only make the Super Bowl because the AFC is not that good. Blah, 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 whatever. There's some, some credibility here and there, Dumb. but like stupid. Right. But it does feel like a lot of the good teams are in the NFC. So, you know, it was almost a shoe in for us to get a bye every single year as the Patriots. Mm-hmm. It maybe not a shoe in anymore. Again, De- yeah, I don't definitely not. A shoe we in. just both agreed he can win on the road. I'm not saying he can't, mm-hmm. obviously, but yep. that you take that out of the equation, right? And you add in just a, and especially right now, a lot of good teams. It's hard for me to say with any confidence that like they're going to be the NFC Super Bowl representative, right? Oh yeah, no, I would I still that. probably put the Saints and I s- maybe the 49ers. I, I don't know. feel like uh, so like a comfortable spot. I think the 49ers are overrated, but I think a very, I think a comfortable spot for the Buccaneers is somewhere like 11 and five. Like, I feel like that's yeah. about what you're looking at. Cause there's going to be growing pains no matter what, right? Well, like it's going to be hard to go again. 16 and 0 your first. I'm rooting. 17. I'm rooting yeah. for Brady and I hope the Buccaneers do well, but I, it has been proven over the years that it is hard to get into Brady's circle of trust. Right. And when now you like, at least when he had that circle of trust in new England, People were already in it while he was incorporating new people, right. like rookies, in. Uh, now you go to a place and you have no circle. Of tr- I mean, you have Gronk, I guess, but he's coming. You don't know what Gronk's going to be a year out, uh, coming off a of retirement. Right. You don't know if he has that step still. You don't know what he's going to be. I'm assuming he's going to be fine, but Brady has to now trust. He doesn't have a Julian Edelman right. in Tampa Bay. He doesn't have someone where he automatically knows. Okay, it's third and eight in the fourth quarter. I need. I need right. something. I don't have that receiver yet, and I'm sure he'll find it. But it it doesn't it doesn't take that much. I mean, it takes a long time to get there, and with no off season, like they're not. I don't know if training camp's going to happen. I don't know if OTAs are going to happen. But it's hard to establish that kind of chemistry, right? And like echo, like taking what you just said, and even more, right? Not only does he not have an Edelman who he can just go to for those third and eight, third and tens, whatever. Say you know, say 
he was the Patriots offense was practicing and he got mad at a newish wide receiver, right? Mm -hmm. Edelman could also take them aside and be like, listen, I've been there. This is the system. This is what we're going to do. Yes. He has Gronk in Tampa Bay, but like for receivers wise, there's, there's no experience with Tom there. Right. So it's not like it's even like someone else can pull him aside and be like, look, or even Josh McDaniels for the Patriots, right? Tom wants you to run it like this. He he doesn't have that either. So I I agree. It it is like he, I'm sure Tom is going to be motivated to do well, which may like expand his circle and mm-hmm. that he might have to adjust change he will adapt. make adjustments yep. but like even like you said right like you don't just learn like he's all, and also he is learning a new offense too mm-hmm. so it's like both he is learning receivers learning it could like you said it could take time and i talk about yeah and then sometimes and i hope this doesn't really happen for tom but sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other <laughs> side and i feel like you know there are plenty of things that are set up for wild success in tampa bay but in the same breath there are also things that don't cater to Tom as well. Uh, first and foremost, he stinks playing in Florida. Like Tom is not people for. Well, actually, people don't forget. Yeah, he yeah. is. As Patriots fans, they go to Miami, they lose every year. Miami could <laughs> suck and they lose. It makes no sense. Right. Um, and but, pressure too. Yeah, he has a ton of. I mean, I feel like he always has pressure on him. But I feel like, again, not gonna try to nerd out. But I talk about Brady. Brady's system, not the Patriot system, is you know anchored off of these. Um, quick throws they're going to make you defend all 53 yards across the field they're going to make you they're going to be quicker than you so your pass rush can't get home and i do feel like like you like what you said with bruce arians he's going to let brady incorporate a lot of that stuff to the game plan but bruce arians offense is like this slow developing play action deep shots down the field thing and Again, for those haters, yes, Tom Brady can throw a deep ball. Go look, at, <laughs> go look at the actual stats. Um, I think he had the fourth best deep ball percentage in 2019. So not a big deal. You can suck on that one. Um, <laughs> but I, I think Bruce Arians is in danger of getting the man killed. He did it to Carson Palmer. He let Carson Palmer that sit back in the pocket and true. take an absolute beating. And it's like, okay, if you're going to have Tom Brady pl- fake play action, have his back to the defense, and then tell the man to wait three seconds while Mike Evans runs 60 yards on the field, you're going to get him hurt. And I feel like that's – I I understand Bruce Arians is this fun-loving guy. It's like com- it's the, the, a complete 180 from Bill Belichick. And I'm sure that was appealing to Tom. But I it does concern me a little bit like, okay – it is so different what he likes to run that it might be a little bit tricky to find a balance there. So I hope they do well, but I we'll see what happens. We'll see. Um, so quickly onto the Patriots. Do you? They're without Tom Brady this offseason. They lost a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but I really like what they did. On, I really like what they did in the draft. Um, do you consider this to be a complete rebuild or more of a retool? I am pretty firmly on the retool, and I know a lot of people are going to be saying, like, of course, you're a Patriots fan. I've heard a lot of people being like, you know, like, oh, you think Stidham's going to be good? Like, why do you think that? I yes. think a lot of people yes, saying Yes, I that, do. Right. I, I'm with you, and people forget, when we drafted Stidham, my exact text to Kurt was like, Kurt, who the fuck is this yep. guy that we just Who drafted? is Jared Stidham? <laughs> and yep. I was not about it, and you sold me on him. And, like, I am remain sold on him because of what you said, and I think his preseason last year was really good. No, nope, I said it. When we drafted him, right. not now. Like oh no, yeah, back then, you yeah. said it. Yeah. You said it. I'm saying I came around. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I I think he's good, and yeah. we're gonna get into Jarrett Sidham here, but like, yeah, I agree. It's not a rebuild. No. If you if you you're lying to yourself if you sit here and you say Bill Belichick is gonna tank for Trevor Lawrence. Right, you're a fool. Like you're a fool. He's Bill, Bill Belichick is not going to tank for anybody. And you know what people aren't saying either. Everybody is saying 
the Patriots aren't going to win the division. The Patriots aren't going to be good. The Patriots mm-hmm. are nothing without Tom Brady. How do you think all the players still on the Patriots feel? Like, you think the defense is just sitting there like, oh, yeah, we're not going to be good. You think, like, I know that, you know, we need some tight ends. We need some more weapons on up, whatever. Yeah. Like, anybody still on the team, you know, you talk about Bill Belichick being a master motivator, right? He's not going to have to do any motivating after this offseason, considering everyone is talking about how the, oh, the Patriots aren't going to be good anymore. Everyone on that team is going to be fired up to win without Tom Brady. You know what? My brain was like, I feel like that meme where it's like that guy looking at like algorithms and his brain's just going (laughs) a thousand miles an hour. That point you just made, people are like, oh, now the Patriots suck because Tom Brady's not there are the same exact people who said Tom Brady sucked. So it's like, <laughs> you can't sit there and be true to yourself and be like, oh, Tom Brady's not a good quarterback. And then when he leaves, be like, oh, the Patriots are screwed. Right. It's like, well, all right, asshole, which one is which it? Is because it, yeah. it can't be both. Can't be both. It can't be both. Um, but I do not think it's a rebuild. I think they're going to be fine. It is not going to be probably the 13-3, and 12-4 and 4 yeah. that it always is. And that's okay. That is okay. Um in 2001, the Patriots were crazy underdogs. They went and won, they beat the greatest show on turf, and they won a Super Bowl. So I will not bet against Bill Belichick, and I will not bet against Tom Brady. Um, but I, I do like what Belichick did to replace a lot of the right. things that left in the offseason from a defensive standpoint. And I, you know, everyone's like, Cam Newton's a free agent. He's going to be a Patriot. And then it was, oh, um, Andy, Dalton. Andy Dalton's going to be a Patriot. And I was like, God, please no. Please like no. Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. Like, God, no. God, please, no, <laughs> no. no. Um, I, I don't want to touch Cam Newton with a 10-foot pull. I don't think he's a winner. I don't think he is a competitor. I, I just have the – I have it envisioned in my brain Super Bowl where he didn't, yep. didn't dive yep. for a fumble, and I'm like, I don't want it on my team. Business decision. Bus- yeah, I, I don't want it on my team. Um, and Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, I'm out. Yikes. Out on that one. Bengals, so, yikes. Thank you, Dallas and Jerry Jones, for taking him. Yeah. I've, I said it when Brady left. I was like, please roll with Jarrett Sidham. See what you have. See what you got. Because if he's if he's bad, fine. The Patriots don't have a good year. Right. And they have, just so y'all know, <laughs> in 2021, they have, I think, the most uh, cap space in all of the league. So hmm. If, hmm, if you think it's over, <laughs> re, reassess your, your, your goals here because it's not. Um, so if he's bad for a year, fine. Doesn't right. work. Go get another quarterback next year. Right. Um, Deshaun Watson's a free agent next Ooh, year. I'm just saying. And, and uh, Bill O'Brien is a fool in what? Houston. Tra- so yeah. I, um, yes, so yes. I'm I'm incredibly high on Jarrett Stidham. He was fantastic at Baylor when he was there for that brief period. The whole coaching staff got fired. He transfers it to Auburn. Auburn. Yeah. But little known fact. Saw this with a Patrick Mahomes interview. Um, and I don't hate Patrick Mahomes. I just don't like the comparisons right. to Tom Brady. Yeah. He's actually he's a phenomenal. frustratingly likable. Like, I want to hate him, but yeah. he's actually kind of like I hate his voice. He sounds like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> um, but he's a fantastic quarterback, so no shade to Patrick Mahomes. Right. But he had an interview uh, that kind of came out of the woodwork about Jarrett Stidham, where I don't even know. I, I should have sent this to you, but I don't think I did. Yeah, um, it. My yeah. DMs are open. Girl. Uh, no crap. Um, <laughs> he was talking about, like, uh, Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech and he was the same year as Stidham. Hmm. And when Stidham decided he was leaving Baylor once the whole coaching staff got fired, Stidham verbally committed to Texas Tech. Oh, I didn't know that. And Mahomes then was looking for the transfer portal because he was so concerned that Jarrett Stidham was going to be the starting quarterback at Texas Tech. I didn't even know that. Yo, Mm -hmm. send me that. Legitimately send me that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kermit the Frog was scared. (laughs) So it ended up... um, Oh my God, Kermit the Frog and T get it. Um, so um, Stidham ultimately decides to go to Auburn, right. where uh, 
that offense at Auburn is really gimmicky yeah, and it it's didn't, dumb. It just didn't fit. It didn't fit them. But I will say, in the big games versus Alabama and versus LSU yep. and versus those big name schools, yep. Stidham balled out. So get I am all aboard the Stidham train. Give the man a shot. See what happens. If he sucks, he sucks. If he's great, fantastic. Whoever replaces Tom Brady already is behind the eight ball. It's like you right. you will constantly be compared to Tom Brady. Right. So you might think Stidham sucks, but I think he has all the tools to be the guy in New England. And I don't think Bill Belichick's an idiot. If if he was super concerned about the quarterback position, he would have done something to address it. Yep. Uh, so you have you bring Brian Hoyer back as the backup, who a wealth of knowledge, a journeyman in the NFL, to kind of help sit him. Yep. And you and you rock with him. I. It's it's low risk, high reward, right? Because Absolutely. like we could go overpay for one of those big names, but like why? It, like the why the. the expected difference between them and Stidham. Like I know some people are like, oh, okay, I'm not trying to sit here and say Cam Newton is not better than Stidham. No, he's like, a, whatever, he's a good you can argue that. Yeah. But in terms of just like what we're looking for, not having to spend much on a veteran leads to more money this year for other things. Yep. And also like Stidham was in the system for a year, right? Like all those other quarterbacks were not. And we talk about Tom Brady having a hard time with rookie receivers. Like he had a hard time bringing in Jacoby Myers right. and Nikhil Harry to his little, his little circle of right. trust. Uh, Jared Stidham threw to him all season, yep. all preseason last year because those were his guys. Yeah, those were his rookie class. So you have these young receivers now with Julian Edelman there to kind of lead the wide receivers yep. room, paired with a quarterback that they played with all preseason. I, dude, I don't know. I I'm excited. I'm excited. I that I the Patriots went out and they traded up twice in the third round to get um Devin Asiasi. Yeah. That was a fun <laughs> tight end name, and Dalton Keene, who I am all about. Yep. Um. Hand up. I was, I oh, did not yeah. want either of those tight ends. <laughs> I wanted Adam Trotman from Dayton. And during the draft, I was like angry that they didn't take him. But I will say, uh, Bill Belichick's credentials are more impressive than Kurt Field. So I will, <laughs> that's big de- of you to admit. I will defer to him on that one. Um, but I am, I am excited. I, I am sad that Tom is gone, but right. I am excited for this kind of new era to kind of take place. And I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, and it's a different kind of exciting, right? Like, we're so used to coming in the year, the same expectations, which I don't want to sound spoiled, but, like, you know, after a while, it's, like, it's just not different. It's We talked about what we talked about earlier, right? For Gamble, it was fun because we never knew it was going to happen. Not saying it wasn't fun winning all the time. Obviously, it was, right? But it's, we have, like, since we were five or six years old, we knew what we were getting from the quarterback for the Patriots, which is crazy to say that, like, literally our entire lives, right? Other than Matt Castle one year. But um, people forget. Yep. Um, so coming into this year, it's it's just it's like an excitement. And again, I'm not excited that Tom is gone, but I'm just excited in a different way. And it feels kind of cool. And, yep. it's, and it's also not excited. And I think we're going to be bad. It's excited. I think we're going to be good. Like we yep. just said. So. I do, too. And I'm I have no doubt there will be growing pains. The Patriots yep. have the toughest schedule in the all the NFL this year based off of win percentage from the year before. And I know that that stat is kind of like, well, it's a new team every single year. And like, yes, that is 100% true. But there is no denying they have an incredibly tough schedule. So, to speaking end, of which, to end <laughs> this podcast, um, I want to try to do this in like five minutes. Sounds but um, just for shits and giggles, I I know it does not matter. I know it's <laughs> going to be wrong, but it's fun. It is and I, at, we are going to go through and we're going to predict the Patriots' record based on their schedule. So we're going to go through wins and losses. And like I said, before everyone jumps down my throat, I know it doesn't matter. I know it's an, probably annoying or whatever, but I don't care. I'm bored and I want to do it. I don't so care either. So we're right there with it. you. <laughs> so um, I miss talking about sports and this is the way to do it. Um, so week one, the Patriots host 
Brian Flores and Tua Tungavailoa and the uh, Dolphins in New England. First question. How confident are you that Tua is starting? Because Fitzpatrick no, I is think, still there? I think Fitzpatrick Because that changes start. it, obviously, right? I think Fitzpatrick starts. So if we're operating like Fitzpatrick, I know Fitzmagic. I know there's this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. It's hard for me to see that's a loss. Yeah, like, the Patriots really lost at home to end the regular season this year to the Dolphins. And I I don't feel like Bill Belichick will lose to them at home again. Yeah, no. I, I have that as a win. Yeah, I have that as a win. Want to know. Want to know. <laughs> uh, week two. Oof. A Sunday night football at Seattle. Uh, they're going to lose. It's, I mean, it's hard for me to disagree. Let me just throw that out there. I mean, Russell Wilson, proven winner. We know that, obviously, blah, blah, blah. It would be kind of awesome. Like, it's not like we're not rooting for them to win. Obviously, we are. Of but, course. like, part of me is, like, everybody is going to be saying what you're saying, right? Yep. Every single person. And, like, we won't that we won't have seen Stidham or the Patriots, New Look Patriots, on the road yet, right? So, like, Correct. everybody, Correct. like, the whole, I can already see the entire ESPN, ESPN lies, the entire ESPN <laughs> panel being, like, the Seahawks local, right? Not a single yep. Patriots. Yep. It would be kind of awesome to go in there for a win. It would be. Which is kind of convinced me. But if we're just using this off of, like, what we think and, like, like logic and whatever, yep. then I would chalk it up to a loss, too. I could, I could see him pulling it out. I feel like what the Patriots did on defense in the draft and what they've brought back is they have so many playmakers and, like, so much speed. Right. To be able to keep Russell Wilson inside the pocket. If you can keep Russell Wilson inside the pocket, uh, he's a okay quarterback. I think he is a top three quarterback in the NFL. I think I am. I love Russell Wilson, but I, if you can keep in the pocket, you got like, you got a shot. Our defensive strength secondary. Yep. So, yeah. Our secondary is stupid. Yeah. Good. Stupid. stupid good. <laughs> um, but I still think they lose. Yeah. Then they're at home against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Weird name. Uh, one o'clock game in Foxborough. I think they're going to win that one. Yeah. I, I mean, it's. The, yeah, the, I, I mean, know they. You know, John Gruden loves all his new little toys and stuff. But I, I count mean, Derek Carr. Uh, yeah, no, nope. hard for me to say. A lot. Two and one. Yeah, two, two and one. one. Uh, okay. yuck. 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 At Kansas City. Have to talk about this. At one? Kansas City. <laughs> Bruno, uh, they played Week Four at Kansas City in 2014. I don't recall. Was that? I don't know. I don't recall if you uh, remember that game, uh, the one that we lost by like 42 40, to 14. Yeah, something like that. And everyone said it was over. <laughs> Uh, they might lose forty-two <laughs> to fourteen this time, and if, but it might be right. for different reasons. I mean, but. I don't like the Chiefs. You don't like the Chiefs, whatever. But it's there's no shame in saying we are probably going to lose to the best team in the NFL, right? Like yeah, Super Bowl the, champs, yeah, they're the so, reigning champs. Yeah. I mean, two, two and two. two. I'm fine saying two. <laughs> yep. Two. Uh, week five versus Denver Broncos back at home. This is a weird one, dude. I'm so glad you think that because it is weird. I mean, Drew Locke. I've heard lots of good things, and I think he's decent. I don't know if I'm fun fact. Drew Locke and Jarrett Sidham. Really good friends. So that would be cool. Rivalry yep. game. Rivalry game. Um, it's it's at home, like in New England. It's in so New that England. Helps because if it was in Denver, I'd probably say lost because you know we never play well. We don't. Yeah. I mean, coming off of a probably a Chiefs loss, do you think we're going to want to go two losses into the bye? No. Probably not. So for that. I think they're going to win. I think we're going to win. But I will say, do not sleep on Denver. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with They you. have – an unbelievable amount. You talk about weapons in Tampa Bay. Uh, Drew Locke could throw to. There could be oh five people open on every play. Yeah. Cortland Sutton was already there. They got <sighs> these guys. Sleeper. Dude, oh, he's good. <laughs> they have and they. Who do they get in the draft? The um, oh, CD. Yeah. No, Lamb is a. Nope. Rugs. Rugs. Yeah, it was one Maybe. of the good. Receivers. One of the top three receivers in the draft this year. Um, I think they got. Did they get KJ Hamler too? The kid who can fly from yes, Penn State. I think so. Like, shout out Anthony Rosati. Well, I think yeah. Shout out Ant. <laughs> go Penn State. Um, 
if you're playing in a division with the Chiefs, you got to be fast. Yeah. Uh, they're Denver's fast. Yeah. Oh, Melvin Gordon. Oh, is a Bronco. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. They're gonna don't don't sleep on the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Patriots still win three so and two. Three and two. Yep. Going into the bye week. Now that's uh, a win. Four and two. I'm just kidding. No, I, I was like, wait, did I miss one? Okay, bye week. Also, really Early crappy bye. time for yeah, a bye week. Sucks. Yeah, you don't like that. Um, but in your home against San Francisco, Bruno, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna bury the lead. I have them beating San Francisco at home. Honestly, not crazy. And I know, I, I think they're good. I know you've said, you said previously today, and we've talked previously how you, you think they're a little bit overrated. I can get with that. It. I don't think we have seen the consistency from Jimmy G yet to be like, they're yeah. for sure going to be good this year. And they lost, like, didn't they lose Marquise Goodwin and some and other player? Uh, Emmanuel Sanders. Right. So gone. it's not crazy to think they're not going to, like, they'll probably still be good. I don't know yeah. if they're going to be the level of last year. Correct. So, I mean, especially at home. I think Belichick is going to do, you have a bye week to plan for right. San Francisco. Right. He is going to make Jimmy G's life miserable. Yeah. And don't we have a crazy record, like, after buys or something? Yeah, it's like, very something? impressive. It's yeah, wildly so. impressive. Um, so, a win. Four and two. I, I think San Francisco's defense is good, but I I feel like it's like kind of like a low scoring, grinded out game that the Patriots win. And also that's after what one? That's after that's after four or five games. I'm looking at the schedule. My thing's reloading. It's after four or five games, so that's some experience under the belt plus a bye. That's enough time for Stidham to at least start to feel comfortable yep. with like what he's doing. So four and two. Yep. Going into week eight. Yep. Which is is that the Bills? I have it on my phone. It is. At Buffalo. Yep. Uh, I have it as a loss. I don't like to admit it, especially after us all talking about how we're still going to be good. But even with Tom, right, it's not unusual for us to go one and one against Buffalo every year, right? It's That's not – wasn't crazy to say even with Tom. I mean, the Bills, everybody's saying – I have saying, a spoiler. Oh, no. I think the Bills beat us twice this year. Oh, no. I mean, as much as you and I joke about Josh Allen being tall, looking good in shorts, he's actually, like, kind of decent. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he's and, not bad. And – They've done a lot of good things in adding to their team, too. He's not bad. But this is a big year for Josh Allen because the man's got an arm. He can throw the ball out of the stadium. But, dude, you got to be accurate. And he has missed some wide-open people. Here's a hot take. I'm going to stand by it. Jake Fromm is a starter in 2023. I love Jake Fromm. I do love Jake Fromm. Brett, remember this moment. (laughs) Brett LeClaire. Um, Um, Oh, God. I think he has to also work on his decision-making. I think it was in their playoff game last year where he, like, atrocious. There was something where he basically almost fumbled the game away. I think he didn't. They still lost, but whatever. Anyways. So, okay. They're good. Four and three. Four and three. Well, that was a sad four and three. At the Jets, Monday Night Football. I refuse to. Win. Next. Uh, First ball to. (laughs) Haha. All you Jets fans. Uh, (laughs) Week ten home versus Baltimore Sunday night football. It's it's just do we think Lamar like is Lamar okay? I don't want to disrespect Lamar Jackson. He's really good. I was one of those people at the beginning of last year being like, oh, there's no way he can keep it up. He kept it up. He's really good. Obviously, blah blah blah. After a year where teams now have a chance to scout him out, do you think he's still going to be able to do what he did last year this year? That's kind of the big I question. don't think to the extent that he did it last year, but I love what Baltimore did in the draft. I think they are. I think they're really good. Yeah, and their defense. Lost. I was so, lost. What is that? Four and four. five and four. Oh, five and four. Five and four. Uh, week eleven at Houston. They lost at Houston last year. The Patriots lost in Houston last year. Last year they had Hopkins on their team. They, thank you, Bill <laughs> O'Brien, for being the biggest idiot in all yeah. of the NFL. So, he is a moron. Yeah. Uh, win. Yeah, that's a win. Uh, six and four. However, Deshaun Watson is so good. Oh, he's so. But good. he's throwing to nobody. So yeah, yeah he's so good. I love Deshaun. Watson. Uh, Here's another game. I know that you've been talking. Uh yeah. Week twelve, home versus Arizona. I have it as a win. 
Arizona is good. I am. I like Arizona. I like um, Kyler Murray. I really like what they did in that offense last year. Who was there? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, yeah. First off, coolest house ever. You right. see oh, it in the draft. I'm like, God, that was like a, a bachelor flex. pad. Yeah, big flex. <laughs> um, but I don't know. Arizona's good. I I've been a Larry Fitzgerald stand for a long time, and now you have DeAndre Hopkins on the other side. Crazy, dumb. Yeah, like dumb. I don't think their defense is that good, but I I. Yeah. But I think the Patriots win, but that that is an exciting game. That and the Denver game is going to be yep. two very exciting games. Yep. So if for all of you Patriots fans, uh, those games Circle are both up. at home. Yep. Go try to go or go. Uh, I think I have tickets to the San Francisco game. By the way, I'm uh, yeah a little Top nervous. Record. Yeah. Um. Uh, where am I? I lost. Okay. Wait, so seven and four. Okay, seven and four. And then this is weird. Weeks thirteen and fourteen, they are playing the Los Angeles Chargers and then the Los Angeles Rams. And it's a Sunday night game or Sunday afternoon game versus the Chargers, and then a Thursday night game against the Rams. So in five days, they are playing twice in Los Angeles. So I will bet any amount of money that the Patriots stay in Los Angeles. Right. Um, and like right. they, they did that in 2014. I think they were at Green Bay and then at San Diego, and I think they just stayed out there. Um, so I think they're going to stay out there, right. and I don't think the Chargers are going to be that good. Are they starting Herbert? The, I the think Oregon? so. I, it's, they're not going to start uh, Tyrod Taylor. Oh, I don't yeah, think I so. I win eight and four. I'm yeah, very confident in the Chargers win. And then I have the Rams as a win too. And I just I don't I don't think I don't I think Bill Belichick broke Sean McVay. He they've, broke him. And they've kind of fallen from grace because like two years ago they were like in the, the Super team. Bowl. Yeah, they we were beat the them. Yeah. team. They're all their offense. Jared right. Goff. Stop. Jared Goff stinks. Okay, he's he not good. He got a huge contract. Yeah, he stinks. And I think Sean McV- Bill Belichick gave everybody the whole plan on here's how you beat the Rams. Right. They stunk last year. Yep. They weren't good. Todd Gurley is now gone. Not there. I, dude, I don't know. I, It is incredibly hard, I think, to play a Sunday game and then play Thursday. But I, I think so much of Thursday night games is coaching. And I will take Bill Belichick right. every day of the week and twice on – Thursday right. in this case. Ooh, uh, how good. about that? Yep, uh, <laughs> thought of that myself. Uh, and I think the, I think they win that game, right. and they're at nine and four. And then this last three game stretch, this is probably the season, maybe. At, yeah, and especially because there's only one buy now. There is one right. buy. There are seven teams who make it. Right. The two seed is like the two. Yeah, yeah. You're in two places seven now. Um, Let's just get this out of the way. The, I don't know. The Patriots are not going to be the one seed. Baltimore or Kansas City, I think, is is my lock for the one seed. Um, so then we're probably not going to be the two seed. No, I don't think so. So then. <laughs> so I don't know. Ugh. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so at Miami, I just have it as a loss because I, I, I just – we lose in Miami. But the only thing I'll say, right, is that is that a Tom Brady thing? Because you just said earlier for the Bucks, right, Tom Brady can't win in Florida. I know. Is that a Tom Brady thing? Is Stidham out here being like new guy in charge? No more Dolphins losses. It depends if, like, know. by that point, if Tua is starting, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be cold in New England, yeah. and they're going to fly down to where it's hot. I, mean, I don't know. I have it as a loss. It uh, until proven otherwise, I'm I'm okay. So nine and five. I know you already previewed. This was your spoiler. I already spoiled it. Week sixteen, home versus the Bills, Monday Night Football. I think, I think this game will determine who wins the AFC East. Which circled that game which is weird why i think i think the bills are gonna win i just i just I, <laughs> both just breathe in and uh, breathe out <laughs> i think the bills win it i i 
I really like the Bills roster. I mean, it's it's not crazy to say just based on looking at what they have and looking at what we have. There's just a lot more known about them than about us. It's not crazy to say we could like it's we could very well come together very quickly and have a great year. That's not crazy to say, right? Yep. But if we're only looking at what we know right now, right? We've seen a lot more from this Bills team and they just like you said, they just added a bunch of good stuff. There's so much left to see for our Patriots team that it's really hard to sit here right now and be like you know, I think at this moment we can come yeah. down. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I like I like what Buffalo did, uh, bringing in Stephon Diggs. I yeah, Diggs their defense so is. Or, think of the long ball from Josh around. Allen to Diggs. Though. I know. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. But uh, Stephon Gilmore. That's all I'll say oh, about that. Shout out so, um, so yeah, nine I and seven. No, nine, nine and six. And then uh, home versus Jets. Uh, again, Jets suck. We win. Tense. No offense to the Jets. They're probably not going to have anything to play for. So, like, I know they're going to want to spoil our season, but I, I, we're, come yeah, on. No, come I know. But I think the Patriots get a, a wild card. I think they finish 10 and 6. And then, and on and then we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, nobody thought the Titans last year would beat the Ravens. So, whatever. Yep. Like, so we'll see. So, yeah, yep. 10 and 6. That's where we settled six. on. Yep. And I feel like that's a good spot. Our so. First post Tom year, double digit wins. I would take that. 10 and 6. Oh, or my better. God. Absolutely. I, if, if I could sign up for 10 and 6 right now, I'd do it. Right. I mean, yeah. So we'll see. Like I, like I said, there's some games in there. The second game in Los Angeles, home versus Arizona. Yep. Home versus Bron- the Broncos. Those are tough games. Those are. Those are tough games. So we will, we'll see. We'll see. We will see what happens. Um, but, all right, that's a wrap. We've been talking for like an hour and 45 minutes. So <laughs> Has it been um, that long? Yep. Um, I said that I was. we were in danger of like talking for four hours because yeah. we could just talk we for could. four hours. Um, <laughs> but, Bruno, thank you for coming on. I cannot wait to – I cannot wait for football season to start so we can do this every single week, and it'll be a great time. Yep. Football season's for sure starting. We're going to say that. Also, yep. while I'm here, um, like, comment, subscribe, swipe up, uh, download, leave a review, do what you got to do, post on social media, tell all your friends, um, live it, breathe it, eat it, do what you got to do. Um, PTF, baby. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to episode four of Playing the Field. I had a fantastic time with Bruno. Like I mentioned, I cannot wait to do this all NFL season with him. Uh, and I hope you guys really enjoyed it. I have some really awesome guests lined up in the upcoming weeks too. So stay tuned for that. But for now, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you next time on Playing the Field. Sorry,